All right, uh, John's going to talk about Homestuck, and I'm going to go use the bathroom. I have to pee too. Mm-hmm. So. And then oh, we can all take. take a, then we can all take a nap. Right, we're going to take. Okay, John, don't be yeah. twenty. Don't be twenty minutes this time. Was it really twenty minutes? Yeah, Jeez. Yeah. I actually, I actually use that time as efficiently as possible. You're just going to have to trust me on that one. You, like the efficient <laughs> number of wipes. Just y'all, yeah. All right, I'll be right back. Shit while walking the dog. I'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) The pooper scooper wasn't for the dog. Oh my god, I'm done here. That's it. It's SoxCast episode 44. I'm your host, Polly. To my immediate virtual right, some call him Rhett. It's Rhett. It's actually Reet. Uh Oh. In German. My bad. Yeah, you've you've been saying it wrong this whole time. Damn it. I I finally, like, switched. (laughs) Hey, hey, Rhett. How's it going? Good. So, Rhett. A little tired. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah? Would that be because, you know, we're maybe recording we're doing... at 1 p.m.? And probably all just woke up? Bright and early, 1 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all so that's all three of us woke up, and then we're like, oh, God, you have to wake up so early to do this podcast? <laughs> so, so early. That's that's completely normal, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I had my uh, I had I had my computer set to blast uh, the loudest, <laughs> the loudest Death Grip song that I could find. Why would you do that? <laughs> because nothing will wake you up faster than harsh, shrill noise and a man yelling at you very loudly. <laughs> so yeah, if you ever want to wake you up, you want to wake up, not have a heart attack. <laughs> a good wake up song. Turns out it's inanimate sensation. It's really good. That'll get you. That'll get you really going. Sret. I was I was uh, I was thinking last night. I was having some thoughts about you uh-huh. specifically, uh, and I was and I just can't help but like I've got to really ask this question because if I don't, it's just going to bother me. Um, if your dick was a fighting game <laughs> character, what would its special moves be? Um, what's the Honda's hundred slaps thing? <laughs> I would call it squirt and hurt. <laughs> I like I like to also imagine there's a special move. It's like a melee physical where he just kind of coils around somebody. <laughs> there's a move Ralph has in KOF where he like charges up and then does this really huge punch that just goes across the whole screen. Uh-huh. And it's unblockable and it's very easy to dodge, but if it hits, then it does like the most damage possible of any move. So I, you I know, it's kind of like Rhett's dick, but 
but, but so like most of the time. But you can't avoid it either because I mean, have you seen that thing? It's gargantuan. I was going to say, like, most of the time, it's real just disappointing and just not a fun time. But if, when it does hit, if it lands, then boom, you're just... Boom. Instant satisfaction. Instant satisfaction. <laughs> um, in Soul Calibur, does Yoshimitsu have a move that, like, KOs him and the opponent by just stabbing himself? That's Tekken, I think. I think that's Tekken. Okay, whatever. Yoshimitsu is in Tekken. That's all I know about Tekken. No, I think he's in Soul Calibur, too, because he uses the sword. I just know that he spin, like he has a move where he spins around and just like blah, 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 and then he gets dizzy and falls over. I swear to God, in Soul Calibur, he had like a move where he just literally stabs yeah, himself in the stomach. Himself, and then like, and if the sword, people, yeah. If it hits from behind, it KOs both of them. It's so <laughs> stupid. Yeah, he has that in Tekken as well. That's good stuff. So, uh, that's our dick talk for the episode. Oh, that's it. Let's be real. It's that. not going to be all the dick talk for the episode. That's, yeah, I mean, come on. And to my immediate virtual left, we're sorry. It's John. He's probably going to talk about Homestuck, but don't worry. We're going to make him go last. Fire! Hi! How's it going, John? I've got other things I'm interested in, and I'll talk about those, too. Really? If each, it's, it's due course. They're all Homestuck related. That's all he's talked about. What? Are there what? Homestuck fan games? No, uh, but there yes. are... Oh, oh yes. almost definitely, yes. Um, but there are Homestuck like games that are just in the context of the thing. Can I, I throw why. something in? Sure. Yeah. There is Homestuck Toho. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be insufferable. <laughs> um, well, the game is called Desire Driven, and it's uh, by a bunch of French people, I think. Oh, is it only it's on the internet. Is it Pretty easy tweet, to find. I think if I tweeted about that, it would literally be the most annoying thing <laughs> possible. What are you talking right? about? I, I only tweeted about Labyrinth of Toho for fucking three weeks. I know, I know, but Toho's great, Homestuck's great on their own, and then you just take kind of the insularity and just complete weird <laughs> obsession they abs- inspire, and then you just mash them together... And then be like, hey, everyone, look at what I've been obsessed with. It's, oh. And, and like, if oh, you that's... find a way to work Undertale in there as well, <laughs> man, I bet people uh, just uh, fucking love that shit. Undertale's already in bed with Steven Universe, so. And, and add Steven Universe as well. So, like, Toho, Homestuck, Steven Universe, and Undertale. Combine that into the ultimate tweet, and you will literally make the <laughs> explode. Now, I think Toho, und- I've lost my train of thought, Toho, Undertale. No, Toho Steven Universe might actually work. Yeah, there's a lot of magical girl stuff going on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of good uh, cross-contamination. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> John, At least are you ready for podcast? Yeah. Ready I'm ready for, for, I'm right, always right, ready for because, a podcast. Because we have with us today the very reason that we're fucking awake at 1 p.m. and recording. <laughs> the Sox cast is going international you might know him as one of the more prominent members of our Let's Play community. I know that I have enjoyed his Let's Plays for years. I think he's just brilliantly informative and always entertaining. Got a soothing voice, and you gotta love that accent. He will only play your game if there is a Toho mod for it. It is Gesh Goddamn 86. Hello, Metananda. Hey, how's it going? Really, really well. I'm really? so happy to be around here. We're, it's cool. 
we're glad to have you aboard. Like we, we we were never sure when we started doing this podcast if we would ever be able to go international and like pull off crazy schedules with it. You know, with the way time yeah. zones work, but it's just like, hey, we had a fake Brit on, and that kind of worked. So why not go for an actual, like, legitimate, genuine article German guy? Yeah, and now I've got the time on my side, and all of you are dead tired. Yeah, so this is basically your episode to run. Like, I should just hand the reins over to you, yeah, and let you do whatever. All right, so everyone, your guest host, cast twenty sixteen show. Your host for this episode, Gesh86. Take, take us away. Gesh, uh, as I am wont to do when we start these things and have a new guest on, why don't you tell us who you are and what you do? Uh, well, mostly I do Let's Plays. Um, I started uh, a pretty long time ago, actually. I think it was 2010. Mm-hmm. I kind of got into Let's Plays through a, a coincidence, more or less. Just some random dude asked me to <laughs> record something for him, and then I dis- uh, discovered software, and that was it. Cool, yeah. Then I made a bunch of really, really bad videos at the start. I don't know, that first episode of Imperishable Night is pretty classy. <laughs> I like the part where you're talking into the mic like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Setups are a iffy thing. Uh, hey, you know what? We all got to start somewhere. You like you listen to the first few episodes of this dumb podcast. We didn't have our shit together. What are we doing? It's all it's all dick talk for some reason. We don't do that anymore. Yeah, like you got to <laughs> yeah. keep dicks. You got to keep this like we are obviously PG thirteen. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> so you are like a, a, a let's player uh, and like um. Like, like, as you've, like, evolved your style over the years, like, like, how have you found yourself changing what you do? Like, uh, is it, or, or, or do you just kind of, like, did you find that niche that you can do and stick with it? Um, well, at the start, I think it's uh, best to not really overthink uh, Let's Plays. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that worked really well for me, and it just kind of goes automatically from there. Yeah, like, when when I started actually doing, like, Let's Play Let's Plays, like, you and Samurai Karazu were, like, two of the people that I kind of looked at as just, like, I want to strike a balance of being funny, but also informative, so, like, that's yeah. where, like, a lot of our Fantasy Star 4 Let's Play came from that I did with Boner, and then I did the Contra Shattered Soldier Let's Play, where it was just, like, I really want to, like, be informative, but I want to kind of like be dumb and funny too, and, you, and it's really hard when you're doing live commentary. I know you do post commentary, correct? Yeah, I'm doing post commentary, and um, pretty much exclusively. Have you ever done live commentary? Yes, uh, the first few let's plays, I think the first five let's plays or so, were done live because I didn't even know how to do post commentary. Oh, right, right, yeah. It is a, <laughs> it is a different beast. I've tried to do post commentary, and it's like. How do people do this? I think this is way harder <laughs> than off the top of my head. <laughs> it's I, definitely I get what more you work. mean, Paul. I get what you mean because I like to strike a balance between being informative and being boring in yeah. my in my let's plays. <laughs> and you really kind of like you nail informative like twenty percent of the time and like a boring like eighty percent of the time. So you still yet to find that balance <laughs> that adds up to a hundred percent. It really does. <laughs> That means see, they're perfect. That's mathematics. You're turning into the greatest mathematical podcast of all time. I know, right? Yeah, John posted a waveform the other day of his latest LP, and it's much bigger because it's more, less boring. <laughs> yeah. 
It's big. He he was excited about a game for once. Oh really? I've never heard John ever be excited. So that's weird. I've just got this gray rotting heart, and sometimes something <laughs> reaches in there and just stat reaches its hand in and just gives it a couple pumps, and it's like, whoa, that's what that feels like. Just give it a gentle squeeze, just squeeze, squeeze. Yeah, yeah, you work it like oh, that fire. Ah, like, uh, like a booby. <laughs> booby. Secret of mana just crushed that heart. <laughs> oh God, you. Oh Lord, <laughs> that game. What do you think of Secret of Mana, Gash? <laughs> I think uh, it's not as good as Secret of Evermore. Um, I think, thank you! I really want to play Secret of Evermore just as, like, a palate cleanser and as, like, okay, just vindication, you know? Uh, The thing with that game is um, it's unusually uh, kind of gritty in a way. Uh, Mm -hmm. Very unusual for its time. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, and it's, it's, even though it uses like the same engine and sort of like look, it's a very much darker and grittier. Like its overall palette is way darker and looks more realistic and less fantastical. Yeah, it looks a lot muddier and dirtier, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I think that's just much better. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool. So I'm sorry we got sidetracked there, Gesh. Um, that happens on this podcast a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> we like diversions. Um, so, uh, what have you been up to? Like, what you been doing? What you want to talk about? Let's throw some meat on the table and let's consume this meaty little podcast. Mostly games. Oh, really? <laughs> what else? Weird. Yes. Weird. That's such a weird topic for this podcast. Like, who ever <laughs> knew that video games would be a thing that would pop up? Uh, I could have talked about new uh, movies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> You're allowed to. But I really way. didn't go into many uh, mm. lately. But yeah, games it is. Um, I told you about that uh, big game I cleared on, I think it was Thursday, yes. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned that you'd finished a big game. Is it is it Toho yes. related? It is not at all Toho related. Did you play it with a Toho mod? No, I named my character after a Toho. Okay, is anything wait, wait, wait. really not Toho related when you think about it? I feel like Toho's tendrils really just kind of extend into the fundamental foundation of the universe at this point, and we all, like, we zoom in, like, Powers of Ten style on our hand, and it's just Sakaya's all the way down. Toho is everything and everywhere. Yes. <laughs> if you if you drill in if you drill into Gash's arm, just little hinas start popping out. <laughs> yes. Um so the game um it is not a very recent game. It is nine years old and it is called Jade Empire. Ooh, this is a cool little martial Ooh. arts JRPG by Bioware, isn't it? It is a martial martial arts not JRPG. <laughs> did, I, did I say JRPG? Yes. It's I thought one, you were making a point, like, oh, it's, it's in the style of Japanese RPG. It's one. It's one. P, it's one PM. Gash, don't start with me. I will fight you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's as Western as well. All Bioware games really are. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about that game was, um, if there's any lists of great games that uh, completely bombed commercially, 
that game will always be there. It was a huge money disaster. Which is weird, um, because it came right off the heels of KOTOR, which was just hot as fuck. Yeah, you know what I think it was? I think there's just... Um, martial arts, Hong Kong martial arts and such, uh, is just such a niche, and a lot of people just uh, only see bad martial arts movies, so... Uh, when they know that uh, tone and style and setting, then they just say, nah, not my thing. Yeah, And I can that must that. have been it, because Bioware has been successful before, and uh, it can't really be explained any other way. And the game, too, was good. Mm-hmm. Really good. Um, not sure if I would count it among Bioware's best. No, because they've got a pretty extensive catalog, and that's like, it's like, does Jade Empire really hold water when you look at what they've done over the years? It's a good game. Uh, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, uh, one thing about it is it's, it does have RPG elements, but it's mostly an action game. Yeah. Um, you can't just win it by numbers and such, and it's not um, much about party uh, building and such. It's mostly you have the controls and you steer your character around. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, it's definitely like different uh, from what you would expect from Bioware. Yeah, because uh, with KOTOR, for example, you would just uh, park your character in front of the enemies and then use your rotation. Mm-hmm. That's That would be pretty much it. It was as so MMO as Final Fantasy XII. Yeah, uh, um, Dragon Age Origins is like really uh, World of Warcraft where you uh, control a whole party. That's really yeah. Dragon Age Origins. But um, Jade Empire, I would say, is a little bit like Dark Souls, but not, oh, the Dark Souls of that and that. <laughs> no. I was waiting but for that to come out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got uh, some more Dark Souls stuff for later. Um, so yeah that game you just control your character and uh, you you just attack and you dodge and it's a lot about your skill but there's also uh, just knowing what abilities are the meta and with those sometimes it can be very easy yeah yeah kind of an easy game to break if you know how to put your skill set together Mostly, I think uh, I played it on the second of four difficulties. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I freshly start a game, I usually take what the developers call normal mm-hmm. with undeadline. That is a horrible mistake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Bad move. <laughs> but in most modern games, uh, normal really is normal. Yeah. I... I can't imagine how it is on Jade Master. I think that's the highest difficulty for the game. Um, So, as expected by Bioware, the game has a really cool story. You can uh, interact with so many NPCs, and it's just got cool quests. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a quest... um, that is kind of standing out as a small side quest in the game. Mm-hmm. And that is a Spanish conquistador um, has come into the 
imperial city and is kind of being just a big douche to everyone. <laughs> As they want to do. <laughs> and this Spanish conquistador is voiced by John Cleese. Mm-hmm. And you have to pretty much uh, fight him in contests of reasoning and martial. <laughs> and the the contest of reasoning is pretty interesting. You have to uh, juggle kind of a small puzzle, but uh, there's not that much to say about it. It's it's just kind of nice. But the battle against him, he has a musket. <laughs> As oh, the only I know character, yeah, oh. as the only character in a game of the Chinese Korean Renaissance, um, this guy fires a musket. Yeah, uh, there are like steampunk uh, airships and such in the game. That's a little bit weird, but uh, musket—that's the only one in the game. Yep, <laughs> and when you beat him. You can take that musket from him. Yep. <laughs> so the best moment for me in the game was <laughs> killing the final boss almost exclusively with that musket. <laughs> the final boss, this almost pretty much that best martial artist in the world that has ever lived besides you, you just shoot him. Why and that's not? it. <laughs> It's like you've already proven yourself to be the best martial artist. Like, why not just go for marksmanship while you're at it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just happen to kind of allot my statuses in a way that using that musket was really sensible. So, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that thing. That's really cool. I like it when you can just totally cheese things out like that. That's totally yeah. Dark Souls, <laughs> by the way. Oh my god! Uh, I'm glad it wasn't Sonic 2006 where the enemy just stun locked you with the gun over and over. Oh god! Oh, <laughs> that game quite a disaster. Jade Empire, luckily not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, 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 love, I love I love Sonic 2006. Man, that game's so good. <laughs> it's it's so great. Solani's still been tweeting about Sonic 2006 for last couple months. Everybody needs to play this game uh, to understand, like, game. I'm waiting for the PC version. Oh, yeah. Oh, does it have one? I don't think no. so, no. And it probably never will. No, uh, it's 10 years old. You got now. Sonic Lost World, though. Yeah. <laughs> You know, while we're on the topic of Sonic, how weird would it be if BioWare made a Sonic game? Huh. <laughs> They've never done that no. before. Yeah, they would never do something like I, that. I can't see BioWare ever... ever Touching that property? No, no. <laughs> that game's bad. I own a copy. Oh, you... Oh, God. Uh, I'm sorry. I feel bad. If you send it to me, I'll play it. Okay. Okay. Is it just like kind of really bad fan fiction? I, I was gonna. It's I said that. Fan, it's bad fan fiction plus Bioware really phoning it in with the RPG mechanics. Gotcha. Yeah. I said bad fan fiction, but then I realized that's kind of that's every all Sonic Sonic. story. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of always been. I mean, deal. Sonic 2006 really is just weird. <laughs> Mm. Fan fiction -y. Yeah. We put humans in it, that and seems... Sonic kisses one. 
cutscenes of that game are so embarrassing. There's everything wrong with them. Oh, come on. Don't you think that most beautiful moment that breaks barriers with a, a, head, a dead hedgehog and a human lady sharing a beautiful kiss that reignites the world? Don't you think that's the most beautiful thing you could ever imagine, Gash? Come on. Absolutely. So romantic. Aren't there levels where, like, he's just carrying her around? Yeah. And he, she's, like, three times as tall as him? It's so weird. It's <laughs> real dumb. Dragon, then Egg- like Dragon Quest 1. Eggman looks the... human and creepy. He somehow manages to look weirder than his weird yeah. cartoon counterpart. I'm sorry we did that again. Guess. Yeah, we got, it's actually we have to talk about Sonic every episode. Yeah, it's in John's contract. Gotta hit that quota. And dicks. And dicks. And I saw one of the advertisements on my brother and my brother and me was just three good friends hanging out and talking about ding-dongs. And I'm like... <laughs> Oh god, that's all podcasts. Isn't it? <laughs> we also have a like Dark Souls quota, but we already filled that. Thank you, Gesh. Yeah, yeah. We've really carved out our own niche here. I feel like yeah. we're uh, really the Dark Souls uh, quota is going to get expanded in my uh, next mention. Oh really? I know what this is. What you got? Holly's going to love this. Uh, uh, one more thing about uh, Jade Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a good time with it. Um, I think 45 hours was about what it took me. I'm very thorough in those kinds of games. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm going to do an evil playthrough. Uh, not sure because of my big uh, game backlog. I might. I, I've, I heard might that, I've heard that like there's not a lot of difference in the storyline. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's I just heard not... Th- I heard uh, the opposite. Really? Mm-hmm. Because I did a good playthrough my first time through, and I never went back yeah. and did it. But my friend told me it was just like, yeah, it's not really super different. Mm-hmm. I don't All think right. I've ever replayed a game to do the alternate morality route besides the one time. Uh, What's the one time? I'm sorry? Oh, oh, I yeah. know the one time. Yeah. But aside from that, um, yeah. He's talking about Undertale. Yeah, I'm talking about Undertale. This is, I guess that's a little insular, but... <laughs> Yeah, I just don't ever feel called to do those kind of replays. All right. Um, so, game number two I've been playing the most uh, recently. Um, it's called Salt and Sanctuary. Uh, oh. oh. Yes, I've been playing that also a lot recently. Um I kind of put it on hold after two bosses glitch killed themselves. Oh, that's not... <laughs> oh, jeez. That's never um, fun. So I've been kind of pioneering on that a little bit. Uh, like, I bought it like three days after it came out. Mm-hmm. And when those two bosses glitch killed themselves, I thought to myself, well, I guess I should put that on hold and wait for patches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that is a game that um, also has that consistent autosave, so you can't uh, revert back to those bosses even if you wanted to. I didn't actually want to because those guys killed me like 20 times already. Oh, well, then you should have been happy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so how does this game shake out for you? It is a game that not just calls itself... The Dark Souls of so-and-so. Um, it also doesn't just 
copy Dark Souls just for the sake of copying it. Mm -hmm. It does have some pretty cool own ideas. For example, that you send NPCs to your shrines, your bonfires, Mm -hmm. uh, in the form of items. And then you can only use those at the shrines. So there are a few really cool ideas. Um, But at the same time, uh, the developers, uh, Ska Studios, uh, do know what Dark Souls is about, what makes it interesting, mm-hmm. and that is something that they can uh, that they caught with the, with that game. So, so do you think that like it's a pale imitation, or do you really think that it's genuine and that they kind of got what really makes a Dark Souls game good? They got what makes it good. It's ah, really cool. That's, That's cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were uh, going to go an entirely different route with this and being <laughs> like, oh, this is poop. I'm glad it's not poop. Out of the butt. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, did I say it before? <laughs> it's uh, a 2D game, so it's it can't actually copy Dark Souls so easily because it has to sensibly uh, put those ideas in 2D in a way that it works. Mm-hmm. And it does that. That's really cool. Uh, it's also really balanced. I thought that parrying is very smart at points. There are enemies where parrying is the best method. Uh, Rolling works well. Blocking even works against some bosses. Mm -hmm. So it's really well thought out. It's it's really cool. That's cool. uh, What it does is it has a really complicated well, complicated only at first sight. It has a very big skill tree. Mm Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to uh, work your way into an area where you want your um, strengths to be. But at the same time, you might want to use bridge points. Um, what I mean with that is that you might take a skill that is only that you only get for the sake of getting it. Right, right. Or, or it's kind of like in your way mm. on progression to the skill you really want. Yeah. So my character, for example, is good with quick dexterity weapons, but depending on the skill tree, um, I might not always be able to just uh, take the dexterity um, ability. So there are no... There is no just assign one stat point to your stats. Hmm. Um, It's all in that skill tree. Interesting. I like that, so, like, because, yeah. you know, you can't just, like, win by a numbers game, it seems. Absolutely, and and it does that right, too. It's uh, not at all about numbers. You have to know what you're doing. Yeah, because even cool. in Dark Souls, like, if you give yourself 50 strength, that's <laughs> not going to help you a lot if, you don't, if you're still not paying attention to enemy movements yeah. and learning patterns and things like that. Yeah, I experienced It can't get you that. pretty far, though. <laughs> With a two-hander. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it's called. What is it, Rhett? What's it called? The, the two-hander. Mm-hmm. No, like, what's its proper name again? <clears throat> oh, my God, I just got that. Oh, oh my. You oh. need to tell me. <laughs> as a two- oh! I'm, oh! I'm sitting here with my head in my hands... Like, just completely disgusted with one John Thire. The double Picard facepalm. 
Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, like I'm somehow like both angles as Picard right now. Just like what just happened? My mind, my mind cannot comprehend the nonsense that the diarrhea that just fell out of his mouth. I was really hoping that would happen. <laughs> oh my God. Anything else like that in Dark Souls? So you should also just tell me now. Get it out of the way, John. That's not a big secret. It's not a big secret that any the other name of that weird Eric two-hander in huh? jokes that are just very quiet and subtle. That's not a joke, John. <laughs> it's just the name of a sword. It's a real thing. <sighs> That's not a joke, John. But you so, see what just, we have to deal with, Gash? Do you see this? Do you see the incompetence I we have see to deal it. with? Do you want to, so just like, to be do you, are you looking to maybe host a podcast with people by any chance, Gash? Because we might be in the line for a new host. Replacement John. Like, y'all can replace this. I'll find my way into it. <laughs> Polly, Polly, you'd have to get up at 1pm every day. Every time uh, you want to record a podcast. Well, fuck it. Sorry, Gash. There you go. We gotta go so, back to here. So, yeah, sorry about that. So, it seems to me like the worst thing that Salt and Sanctuary could be would be just like sort of a generic indie Metroidvania with um, it, Dark Souls skin. It right? does have some Metroidvania elements, but I think it kind of uh, drops these about the halfway point. There are so-called brands, and those are like Wall Jump, Air Dash... Those things. Gotcha. Yeah. And that <laughs> I know, kind of uh, you call those a- uh, very gamey things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those are in there, but they're not very annoying. They're, gotcha. They're there. Yeah, because yeah, I was thinking it's like, if you take Dark Souls and make it 2D, it's like, isn't that just the Castlevania games? Basically. Kind of. <laughs> it kind of yeah. is a bit like uh, an Egavania, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's what I, I shouldn't have said generic indie Metrovania. I meant specifically a bad, boring game like an Igavania. <laughs> <laughs> but I like Igavanias. Let's be, let's be real, there's only a couple of really, really good ones. I like, um, what was it called again? Order of Ecclesia. There you go. That game's so good. That's a good one. I and I really like Aria of Sora. I love that game because it actually managed to capture a lot of the old school difficulty of the original games, and I've always found Igavania's way too easy, but Order of Ecclesia yes. is really, really good and really difficult. It is hard. Oh, yeah. It is hard, too. Aria's the only one where, like, the easy Igavania thing actually kind of worked for me, because, like, it was kind of firing on all cylinders in every other way, where yeah. the where, like, Harmony and Symphony were kind of boring. And Arya, it, for one, it actually, like, has a story that's interesting, and it has a neat castle, and cool. The Souls thing is cool. But, yeah. All right. Um, so, about Salt and Sanctuary, the story seems pretty interesting so far. I am about three-quarters through the game. I really made a lot of progress these last days. Wow. Uh, the tone of the game is mostly serious. Um, it is a little weird that you collect salt instead of souls. <laughs> yeah. When you die, do you lose your salt and have to go back and get it? The salt yes. run back, so to speak? Oh my yes. god, Polly. <laughs> <If> you... <laughs> You're welcome. 
<laughs> you will be very salty. Um, yeah, a salt bat will form if you f- if you die by falling off a ledge. And there's also a monster called the saltless. Ooh, <laughs> so this is saltless. I like this. This is like Bloodborne, but with salt instead of blood. Yeah. Where just yes. everything, everything is, is salt. salt. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just make Dark Souls likes that are just the same thing, but with like random objects? Yeah. Dark salts. Dark salts. <laughs> just everything, just the same game, but everything is Cheez Its. <laughs> Cheez Its all Doritos. Right Doritos, there you go. There you go. Doritos has a new sponsorship opportunity. They had that racing game, and now they're going to have this one. <laughs> the Doritos list. And the then your Estes, flask is, your Estes Dur- flask is Mountain Dew. The, Dorito, the Dorito list. The, sad, the most sad existence ever. <laughs> I, it's I like who the final boss is. And then he comes up. Old King of Land comes, appears, and then his name pops up, and it's the Dorito list. <laughs> it's the Dorito <laughs> Pope, Keely. <laughs> <laughs> ah yes um, Polly there's something uh, you might like about that game oh really um, so like I said it's mostly earnest except for those small cringe inducing things it's most it mostly hits an earnest atmosphere I love atmosphere um but there is a boss, and he has a very cool name. That would be? Uh, let me remember. Do I remember it right? Um, that stench most foul. <laughs> Best boss. Stench most foul. Yeah, it's a cool boss. It's poison-themed. Uh, I would Big imagine. surprise. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the area that is pretty much Blight Town, but not nearly as annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see it from a lower level, uh, just briefly, mm-hmm. and while you're close to it, it does fart sounds. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's, what? it kind of hits you out of nowhere because what? the game is so serious. <laughs> I need to play this game just for the sake of the game. <laughs> Added to wish list. Yeah, uh, it's PS4 exclusive right now. Ooh. I think it comes to PC in June or July or something. Well, that's good. I had yeah. no idea it wasn't on PC right now. That's weird. Yeah, I thought oh. it was actually on Steam. Weird. <laughs> huh. Okay. Well, at least you're using your PS4 for good and not playing crappy games like Red does. Yeah. I'm I'm really becoming a Sony fo- fanboy lately. Uh-oh. Ever since I found out that uh, recording on the PS4 is just so easy. Oh yeah, uh, yeah yes. Um, yeah, I've I've talked with you about this, Red. Yeah, um, that it's really easy to just make those files without an, a capture card and then just export it to PC. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I did for my Bloodborne LP, whereas I just yeah. dumped 15 minutes and then converted it and yeah. talked over it. I'm like, this is really easy for a console. Like, I've, n- I've never been able to record anything off a console before. Yeah. Weird. That's really cool. 
Uh, I have another. I have one quick question about Sultan Sanctuary. Yeah. What language are you playing it in? Oh, it's it's a good <laughs> thing you brought that up. It's, oh, yeah. is this an interesting thing? That makes thing? me laugh again. Yeah. German is possible. Unfortunately, it seems to have been uh, put through Google Translate. Oh no! I saw the yeah. control screen, and I almost puked. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> it, it was such butcher German. It was unbearable. I immediately closed the Oof. game and switched my console language to English. Ouch! <laughs> Oof! Just the control skin. Like I would love yeah. to just like. I would love to just like you do a video of you playing it in German and just like dying. Just like, what is this nonsense? Yeah, I think they very literally did Google Translate it. <laughs> they really shouldn't have. No, no one should. All they, think, uh, all they did was all they did was they just took Rammstein lyrics and <laughs> pasted those in. No, wouldn't work. <laughs> it's not that easy a language, no. no. No, I think they probably just had to for certain Europe or something. But then it came out completely butchered. But you would think that they have to pass some kind of certification. Like, come on. Like, how do Well, you it just know? says it's in German. We're using German words, right? <laughs> Strudel. Yeah, thought- there you go. <laughs> I saw a peop- an LP of in German of people playing it in German, and they were just they were dying. Like, what is this word? Why are oh. they using? Yeah. So, but, so you knew about that? Uh, oh yeah, you, that's why. You, yeah, because <laughs> I was generally that curious. question with the right intention. Yeah, so I knew he must be playing this in English because he's not mentioning that the story is <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me about that. That was that was a moment. Oh my god. It sounds like Pokemon Vietnamese crystal. I am fully on board though, Gesh, with you recording some German and just like explaining to us how bad yeah. this is. I, yeah. would lo- I would love to see a video of that. I actually knew uh, what kind of mistakes they made and what traps they fell. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, that's that's horrible. <laughs> Why would you do that? A grade schooler could have done better. Yeah. I wonder if they're ever going to fix that. I... I (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know that they didn't, honestly, because you said you got it, like, write it, release, and then change to English. So maybe it's fixed now, but maybe not. Yeah. I really doubt those two bosses uh, would glitch kill themselves anymore now. It's mm. now in version 1.02e. Gotcha. Yeah, and I saw the patch popping up and thought to myself, well, now I can play that again. That's good. That's good. Yeah. At least they're on top uh, of it. One of that, uh, one, one boss, uh, the one that glitch killed himself, was a dragon. He fell down a pit while flying. Oh. <laughs> Not a glitch. That's just an easy way to win. Huh. Yeah. A flying dragon falling down a pit. Makes all the sense in the world, right? I mean, Dark Souls That's has a boss that can basically fall off. Yeah? Yeah. It's got a few, actually. Yeah, but Ceaseless Discharge really does feel like a glitch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same like, with the Centipede Demon. 
He can really? I didn't know well, about that. No, he doesn't fall off. I just meant that he seems like a glitch as of oh. the boss that just is an incarnation of a glitch. Yeah. He's just I was walking in a computer lab the other day and I saw someone um playing it and they were at the centipede demon. I was just like I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, that camera is fucking garbage. Oh, mm. oh the camera and Dark Souls. Ooh, that could be some fun times. And the camera in Bloodborne. Yes. That's- You've gotta know which bosses to target and which not to. <laughs> the fir- I'll just say this for Polly. The first boss in Bloodborne is on a bridge, mm-hmm. but it has like high walls on the side. So when the camera hits the wall, it oh, zooms no. in super close. It's awful. Oh, it's no. the first boss has a terrible camera. That's unfortunate. It's generally kind of uh, bad for bosses that are too large. Mm. Yeah. But big bosses have kind of always been a problem for the Souls games, though. Like, they yeah. tend to always have really weird gambling. Like, even the first boss of uh, Dark Souls 2, like the, 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 the dead giant or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's or the like same the dragon thing god and in, in mm-hmm. Demon Souls. Yeah. Oof. All right. Uh, so much for Salt and Sanctuary. Uh, do we have time for uh, one more from me? We've got time sure. for whatever you want to do. Don't wanna. Oh, it's fine. Don't wanna overshoot it. We do the like, dude. If you want to talk about two hundred and fifty thousand things, we're here to listen because <laughs> we love listening to your voice. It's so soothing. Thanks. It's true. So, um, the third game I played a lot recently uh, is finally something Toho. Uh-oh. Oh, oh thank God. God. It's very <laughs> recent. Um, it is not at all translated. And it's called Ghost Hunter Remu, or I should um, say it in the way uh, the voice acting does, Ghost Hunter Remu. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's from uh, December last year uh, by a developer called Blue Mica, mm-hmm. and it's really cool. It's uh, uh, I didn't like it immediately when I first played, but I rarely do. But all in all, it's a very cool action platformer. Um, I'm. Am I correct uh, in thinking that none of you have ever heard of it? I've not played it or heard no. of it, no. Like, you are so embedded in the Toho fandom <laughs> that you know about so many games that I'd just be like, what? It's like, I know about Labyrinth of Toho. That's fun. <laughs> like, any game on your channel, it's probably the first time I've ever seen it. <laughs> well, Toho is my niche. Yes, it is. You do it well, so why not, right? <clears throat> So what's yeah, Ghost Hunter Raymu? So what's Ghost Hunter Raymu? Yeah, like I said, it's an action platformer. Um, it's got a lot of cool things. For example, you buy abilities in a shop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got relatively big open rooms. Um, in every room of the game, uh, you get pretty much an emblem for clearing it all, uh, of all enemies. And also for destroying all seals. Mm. Um, so it's not a super straightforward action platformer. Um, it's you can just do a lot in those rooms, and it's it's very open. It it's relative. Like, 
many combat arenas, sort of? Mm, no, I wouldn't say. Mm. Um, I'm not sure how people, how the general consensus of the game would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, there's just no such thing really in the Dojin scene. Um, I think people kind of like it. Um, but what is cool about that game um, is that it's fully voice acted, uh, but with relatively amateurish, not amateurish in a bad way, but uh, just simple people. Right, right, right. No one big. Yeah. Not like professional seiyuu. I don't think so, though I'm not sure. There have been a couple um, of Toho productions that did snag some pretty big names before, which kind of surprised yeah. me. Yeah. 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 It's always uh, weird when it's Komajo like... Densetsu 2 is kind of known for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what I think is the most remarkable thing about uh, Ghost Hunter Remo, and the thing that uh, really caught my eye, uh, is that pretty much all characters in it have very unusual redesigns. They don't at all use the normal clothes that they usually have. And I always really like that. I always think that's a daring move. Yeah. I noticed that in a lot of uh, the the, the Labyrinth of Toho 2 art, that they, they took some liberties with the clothing, and I think that they got some really cool designs out of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, or some SNK but... fighters like Mark of the Wolves. Uh, Do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? Um, but I don't even mean simple redesigns, but vastly different. Mm. Um, I mean, like uh, the suit that Sakuya has in Komajo Densetsu Two. Um, pretty much, where she looks more like a butler. I'm I'm saying that re- kind of redesign. That's really cool. Yes, I and dig, because I dig of that. that, I like Yomu a lot more now. Her design is really amazing in Ghost Hunter Demo. Ooh, she is not wearing a lot, but not, mm-hmm. but she's not skimpy in kind of bad ways. It's it's really cool. It's it's very. A breezy, probably, in what she is wearing. Wow, Rhett posted a picture here in the <laughs> chat, and I'm seeing, like, wow. That's interesting. I really like that. Yes, that one. Too. I mean that. Yes. That, um, <laughs> that looks really, really good. Yes, I'm a big fan of that girdle. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. And Yomo also has a really adorably froggy voice. <laughs> And because of that, I like Yomo a lot more now. <laughs> I really didn't like her all that much before because she was kind of an annoying stage five boss. <laughs> I think she's well, adorable. This is Yomo country here. You're off this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Like I think. <laughs> yes, I've I guess always, I have to leave now. <laughs> I've always found her adorable. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't think I have. Uh, that much more to say about that um, because I kind of feel like it it's just so obscure that it doesn't really make a lot of sense to talk 
about that one for very long, but it's cool. I you like gonna, it. You gonna do? That's uh, always stopped us. Maybe a let's play or some videos of it in the future. It's possible. That'd be interesting because it does sound like an interesting game, and I think that even just for the character designs alone, showing that off would be really kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Look at us. We're giving you all the, kinds of ideas. <laughs> the only character I've seen that uh, stays the same is Yuyuko mm-hmm. because she already is dressed pretty sensibly for the setting. Yeah. The setting is pretty much a Japanese ghost story like uh, The Ring, The Grudge. That is like a little bit... They kind of aim for that a little bit. Yeah, that's already her aesthetic, too. So it just yes. makes sense to keep her, you know, what she's already doing. Yeah. It's not, uh, like, grimy like uh, the monster from The Ring. And mm. uh, not all that much, but uh, it, it's aiming for that Japanese ghost story, and that's really cool too. I I should have aimed that. Uh, I should have uh, said that much earlier about the game. <laughs> that that was one of the most uh, important things to say about it. Really, it's really cool. Yeah, it's it's kind of hitting that Red. that niche. That's awesome. I would totally be interested in uh, seeing some more, or actually seeing some video of this game, and you know, having your unique perspective on that as a like a ridiculously awesome Toho fan that you know can point these things out and generally be informative and entertaining at the same time. So yeah, that'd be really cool. It could happen. Right now, I still have Soul Anchor. <laughs> yes, Soul Anchor. <laughs> it's a cute little game. It's cute. It's got a great soundtrack. Uh, yes. Uh, I don't think I should talk about that uh, one at all now, even though I did play it recently, because kind of everything that I can say about it will get said in the Let's Play. Yeah, it's a game that's that kind really of, all all that is. Really tiny game that speaks for itself, and the video. You know, you get what that game's doing just from one video. Well, the second one is coming. Yes, yes. Coolness. So is that all you've been into then? I think one small one I could mention. Mm-hmm. Um, I have played Professor Layton and the Unwound Future. Ooh, cute. Ooh. Any of you into the Layton series? I like the first two. <laughs> yeah, this is the third one. This is the third one that I I played twenty minutes of, and uh, what I didn't hate it. I just I wasn't ready for a Layton game. I was like, oh no, puzzles, right? That's a part of this series. <laughs> I did. I did recently watch somebody finish uh, a stream of Professor Layton versus uh, Phoenix Wright, and that game. I played story, that too. That game's story is fucking dumb. Aww. It is dumb, but it is dumb in the best way possible. It, like the way that story ended up, I was just sitting there with my jaw on the floor. Like, are you shitting me? <laughs> does it? Does it go full Umineko? It. Whew. It goes places. It goes places. I won't spoil it because I think that game's still pretty recent. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I I don't at all want to uh, talk about the story of the Unwound Future. Aww. I'm only 40 riddles in. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like nobody talks about the latent games because um, the thing is, with those games, you can only really talk with other people. So yeah, that riddle... Uh, 
did you play that? And the other person is like, yeah. And, <laughs> oh, okay. And, and kind of the conversation just stops there. Give me, give me the solution for this dumb matchstick puzzle. I hate it. Uh, but yeah, I, I al- always liked, uh, like the slow parts of the game too, when you just, uh, talk to people. Yeah, like, I always I, liked that. Those games are really, really well written and really well localized. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the voice acting is great it's in those. So good. It's even very good in German. Really? Oh really? Yes. Cause I was gonna say how they nail the British accents really good, well. Yeah, that too. <laughs> do they do British accents in German? How the, no, how I don't think we ever do that. Uh, <laughs> that just kind of broke my mind thinking about how you do that. No, I, I, a German trying to sound like a British person. Speaking German, I don't think that ever happens. <laughs> uh, I know that there was a mu- musician in Germany who was German, but for show pretended to be an American. Oh, Lord. Oh, <laughs> and Lord. always had uh, pretended to have an, Ameri- an American accent. That's really good. But it's Raniac's dad. So how's uh, Leighton uh, turning out for you? Because, like, you know, I know that I like the stories in those games as, as really crazy and weird as they can get by the end. Uh, yeah. How, how's it treating you so far? I'm enjoying it so far. Good riddles, good story. Um, the reason I brought it up, and I, and I have to bring this up, is one moment. There was one moment that I already reached mm-hmm. uh, where I really laughed out loud. <laughs> this mm. this is pretty rare for me. Often I'm kind of stoic with these games. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> a gentleman always remains stoic. Yes. <laughs> As expected from Leighton's assistant. <laughs> so this moment, um, it's very early in the game, and it's not really spoiling anything big. Um you go into a casino to meet future Luke. Uh, you prove to him that you're the real Leighton and all, and that's all fine. Uh, then you kind of get caught by the owner of the casino. Uh-oh. Um, the owner of the casino is pretty much a mafia henchman. Oh, my. Yes. That's pretty serious so, for a Leighton game. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, don't worry. that is very serious. <laughs> The mob does, in fact, come after you at that exact moment. Uh, there's like ten guys. They ha- all have Tommy guns, what? and they sh- shoot at Leighton and Luke no! with the intent to kill. No! Yes, all this takes place in the cutscene, <laughs> no! and and then out of that cutscene, uh, your guys take cover. A puzzle starts. Oh, oh my! <laughs> That's that amazing. Moment, this part is so great. <laughs> you know it. I, as soon as you were talking about this one part early in the game, I'm like, he's going to mention the casino because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Good. Yeah, you, you've got it right. Yeah. <laughs> so you assemble, you assemble something in that puzzle, and you saw in the cutscene before that uh, the guns uh, kind of destroyed these uh, slot machines and debris fell everywhere. Oh, no. So Leighton is becoming MacGyver times ten, God. and assembles a gun, a coin shooting gun. 
And with this coin shooting gun, apparently it does have some fusion reactor in it because it kind of illuminates uh, oh itself at first. <laughs> oh my god. And he fires, and all those uh, that dozen ma- mafiosi are are completely overwhelmed by this coin shooter <laughs> and all have to flee. He completely owns them. Oh yes. my god, that's so stupid. That is amazing. It is brilliant yep. and stupid in all the best possible ways. It is the best. Of all the things that I would never expect in a latent game, that's, like, number one yeah. right there. Number one with a bullet. Ah, see what I did there? Number one uh, with a bullet, huh? Number uh. one yeah, in that moment, um, Professor Layton didn't jump the shark. He rocket-packed over. <laughs> <laughs> that that entire third game sounds like that's exactly what it does. It sounds like it's just totally going bonkers. Yeah, time that travel one. plot. That's always something. Maybe terrible. Mm. It may be great. Maybe the I'm best kind of expecting ever. it to be great. I would bet on the latter because I've played this game. <laughs> I would just like like yeah. it's so weird that like when you like like cause going back to like Professor Layton versus Phoenix right it's just like you've got Layton which is like it doesn't mind going to these absurd links and having these really absurd stories with these really absurd conclusions and then you go to Phoenix right which is a little more grounded and then you combine oh. those really. Right. Really? Would you say right Phoenix Wright is more grounded? I would say it's more grounded than fucking Leighton. <laughs> but you, but you have played to the trials, right? Yes. You have seen those people <laughs> get Didn't a breakdown. Phoenix Wright right? like a, a bird as a witness. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and a radio. As and a, a radio. Yes. Oh my god. Oh yeah. And then a ghost. But I don't think that Phoenix Wright has ever had anything like the end of the Curious Village, where it's like, oh, that's the secret to this place? Oh. Yeah, that was pretty nuts. That was nuts. Like, Phoenix Wright has never had anything that all-encompassing. Like, even if it's absurd, it's absurd on a very small scale when you compare it to the crazy things that happen in latent games. So when you smush those together, like, there's a weird contrast that just threw me off. Hmm. I did like that one a lot. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I thought that the latent puzzles in that one were a bit kind of just there. They looked real easy from the stream yes. that I watched. Uh, it, just, mm. yeah, it didn't look like a lot of effort went into the puzzles, and it was definitely more focused on dialogue. Like That game's got like a VLR-type epilogue where it's like five freaking hours from the Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> So yeah, I, I hope you. It, was, I hope you yeah. enjoy the end of. Was it the time travel one, whatever it's called? Unlock future, yes. Yeah, the story in that one is like by far my favorite. It gets powerful oh. by the end. That's great. Uh, I think it does have the best ratings out of the original three. Mm. Uh, yeah. How many latent games are there? Uh, I forgot. I want to say I there's think, seven, I think. Yeah, I think there's the old trilogy on DS, the new trilogy, and then Phoenix the Wright. crossover yeah. with Phoenix Wright. Huh. All right. Then I've played four. Ooh. Good stuff. The original three and Wright versus Layton. 
Yeah, yeah. Those games are really good, though. Good and relaxed. Like, I think that the first one's puzzles skew a little too much towards, like, math and really complicated things, but I think that, like, with two... With two and three, they kind of really nailed a better balance of, like, yeah, there's still more of that, but there's a lot of, like, things that you can play around with, too. Like, because, you know, I think you've got to have a nice balance of puzzles where it's just like, oh, no, I'm just going to sit here and think about it. As to, like, and then having puzzles where I'm actually just doing something on a screen. I think you need a balance like that uh, to keep yeah. those games yeah. fresh and interesting. Like, I a puzzle. like the puzzles yeah. for you first. Oh, I was going to say, like, a puzzle where you make a gun. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> that is a good puzzle. I'm definitely going to have to, like, go throw this game back in my DS, though, now. Just, like, that scene. It's pretty cool. And, I, and I'm kind of in the <laughs> cool. mood for it's it. Good. And I've been in the mood for a latent game for a while. Like, I haven't really played a you know, good puzzle game for a while, so maybe it's time I actually go back and hit that back up. Uh, those games uh, always complement each other well and uh, complement games that are, for example, more action-y. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I do have to say, though, that uh, the direct comparison, Wright versus Layton. So the Phoenix Wright games and the Layton games. Mm-hmm. I'm leaning still a little bit more to Phoenix Wright. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really like, I like, oh man, like when you, when you put it down to like character for character or something like that, it's really hard because both games have really strong mm-hmm. casts, but I think that like Ace Attorney series just has a lot more of them. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of characters in Layton, but there's also some of them who have kind of a, whatever gimmick and have one puzzle associated with yeah, them. Yeah, and then it's just like, that's their thing, and then it's done. It's just kind of, yeah. like, whereas like, you spend a lot of time talking in uh, Phoenix Wright games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Even, like, the side characters, when you spend a whole trial with them, they get a lot of development. Yeah. Absolutely. You just grow, you grow to enjoy everybody. Like, they, the, if, if that, that, that series does one thing right, it's like, they really want you to, like, form a relationship and care about everybody. Absolutely. That's so nice. Just based on Ghost Trick, I have a feeling that Phoenix oh, Wright is something like that. I'm no. gonna... Man, Ghost oh, Trick. Have you not played any of them? Ghost Trick is so um, I played the first half of... I played the first half of Phoenix Wright 1. Oh, okay. I just need... Just wasn't in the right zone for it for whatever reason. God, Ghost yeah. Trick is so good. Yeah. Did you ever play Ghost I Trick, Gash? I saw it in the store once and was really <laughs> tempted to to get it, but um, I think I just had so many other games yeah. at that moment. Uh, I think I, just I think thought, I have no. I think I've had enough distance. I think I I think Ghost Trick is an all time great. Oh, I think yeah. it's something. It's, that game's special because it was it was not made as a game with a bunch of sequels in mind. So it's a very self contained story that's very powerful. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, it definitely left an impact on me. Mm-hmm. That's always great. And the the way the puzzles play out is really fun. Yes. God, that game's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the visuals, really got to so. keep that one in mind. Maybe there is a chance that I'll get to play it one day. Yeah, I should. Yeah, I think you should. I think you should. I tweeted the other day that I'll be very pleasantly surprised if I play a game better than Ghost Strike this year. <laughs> wow, that's high yeah. praise. That's high praise. Yeah, really. 
So, was that all from me? Uh, I think I could probably talk about Bloodborne, but uh, <laughs> there's been so much Bloodborne on uh, on the Sox cast, I think. Um, only thing I've got to say is that I really loved it and platinumed it. Damn. Oh, wow. And, and now I'm kind of a Souls fan because of it. Would yeah. you say you're a platinum god? <laughs> See, what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to transition to me. See what I'm doing here? See what I'm oh, doing? Oh. See how clever that is? Clever that wait, is. Wait, wait. There's a, there's a thing, an item in the new Souls game called Blood of the Soul of the Wolf. <laughs> I just it's the wanted most to... Abs- it's, that's, really? a, that's the most absurd word vomit ever. That's fabulous. Do you think um, we could take a... Uh, oh, sorry. I have also uh, bought Dark Souls 3 now. But I've barely played it. Um, I really have no opinion on it yet. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Just a chance buy. Cool. You've played the first game, right? The first g- game, yes, but um, something was off. I think I just... Was it on PC? No, it was on the 360. Oh. Okay. Um, what was the... I think I didn't know about the fat roll rules and I didn't oh. really know that you can't play that game with the mindset, oh, I'm a big sturdy tank. That's not at all what the Dark Souls is about. You've gotta oh, you can. try alternatives and Oh I, I I managed to. Yeah, you can play you can play <laughs> that game and be just a big hulking lumbering sack oh. of meat, but uh, it early does, on it's really yeah. hard to do because yeah. like the yeah. tourist demon will just fucking knock you off the bridge and shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I would recommend playing the first game before three, based on what I've heard. Yeah, there's a lot of callbacks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it sounds like the most direct sequel of any mm-hmm. Souls game, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it sounds like it's turning out. It turned out pretty good, though. I feel it seems like people are having a pretty okay time with it. Better than kind of I was expecting. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. It definitely seems I to think so. be, have you know a lot of opinions like. I'm probably going to wait and buy it when it's 50% off because, like, I kind of feel with Souls games, like I've said it on the podcast before, it's like, I love Dark Souls. I have a an appreciation of Demon Souls, and I have an appreciation of what Dark Souls 2 did from a gameplay standpoint. But it's kind of like Mass Effect, and I feel that, like, okay, I've had that... I've had enough of that for a while. You know, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah, Someone said, what if Rob made a sci-fi game with that style. Give me, 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 Just imagine that horror kind of aspect played up to 11, but with, like, fucking aliens and tentacle monsters and shit. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I want this so bad. Dark Souls with a plasma cannon. I wonder if that works when the game is more built around guns and such. Because in a future setting, you kind of laser swords, boom, yeah, solved it. What if you yeah, but, but what if but why laser would swords? someone use those? <laughs> what if you use the first Dead Space game as a basis for that? Because I think that like Dead Space is just a great combination of horror aesthetic, decent action. It's got a real good amount of challenge to it, but it's also got some you know like upgrading and stuff. Like, what if you took use Dead Space One as a basis for a sci-fi Dark Souls kind of game? Like, I think that would work really well. 
I think that work. sounds pretty cool. It's like I would yeah. put Dead. Like I like like I like Dead Space so much that I like it. It it, it would compete with Resident Evil Four for me because like those two cool. games are just yeah. so good. Cool. I definitely think Dead Space is more of a successor to Resident Evil Four yeah. than Resident Evil Five was. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Cool. So is that what you've been up to, Mister Gesh? Yes, that's pretty much it. <laughs> So I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, when, when Gash mentioned that he had platinumed, uh, Bloodborne, I mentioned something about, you know, I asked him if he was a real platinum god, um, and I was trying to make a, a real smooth, this butter transition there, and then Rhett, being Rhett, was just like, hey, I'm gonna make a dumb comment and ruin your transition. <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly- you nailed it that's what I sound like (laughs) so anyway anybody that knows if I'm bringing up being a platinum god and a real platinum god they know what I'm talking about they know that I'm going right back to that binding of Isaac Binding of Isaac after birth, I've achieved 1,001%, which is every achievement, every item unlock, every single possible thing you can do in that game, I have now officially done, and I spent, like, the last week and a half trying to do that, <laughs> one of which was a seven-hour session, of which I only got two wins, like, that game, <laughs> it was making me work for those last few achievements, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, like, I was just getting my ass beat on a consistent basis. It was very humiliating and very, it's like, I thought I was good at this game. And then, like, and then I just randomly started streaming one night, and, like, I just started getting all the good runs. Like That every- second one I saw was, like, the first item was Tech X, and I'm like, oh, this is a one run. And then, like, every a- item after that was amazing. It's like, magic like mushroom, what is happening? Magic mushroom, small rock, homing tears. It's like, okay, uh, I think the game really wants me to win this time. What? Was it Spoonbender? I think it, it might have been. I don't remember. Yeah, because it was really ridiculous by the-, by the end. It was just like, there's no way this run can possibly fail. Um, yeah. Everyone in chat was like, what is happening? Yeah, it was just like, every good thing was happening. Like, it was just like, the perfect set of circumstances. RN Jesus was paying me back for all the terrible things he had <laughs> thrown my way. And like, like, and, and like, I can't, I can't not, you know, I can't not mention that like, the reason I got back into this game as heavily as I did is because I, uh-huh. I, no- I noticed that Rhett, in only 90 <laughs> hours, was starting to creep up on my crown. Like, he was getting pretty damn close to, uh, 100, 1001%ing this game, uh, before I would get a chance to, and it's just like, I can't allow that. Like, this is my jam. This is the jam that, that everybody knows me for. Like, I can't let him go in. So, like, we, we were, like, pretty close, um, yeah. the last, uh, for the, for, like, the last week. We were usually within, like, I think, 10 of, a, 10 achievements of each other. And I think yeah, at one point where I, we were I started like, to very close the gap a little bit. Yeah, where I was yeah. getting within like five or six. Yeah, and then I got then, I, I got that, that incredible three. Mega Satan win that was three achievements in a row. And it was like, well, I only need one more thing now. Yeah, and, and it only took me like four or five runs to get the final item I needed, which is Mega Blast. And it is, yeah. it is the most incredible item ever. It is just a continuous laser. It, it's the it's the laser that Satan uses when you're fighting him. 
Make us see it. Yeah. And, and it's ridiculous because it's just this big, gigantic fucking laser. It's a gigantic fucking laser that basically melts everything. And it's so powerful that it just pushes you around. Like, it pushes you backwards, and it's great. Like, I didn't even notice that until I was, like, I was recording yeah. a video to, like, hey, I got a 1,001%. Let's see what this item does. And I was like, oh, my God, this item's pushing me backwards. And I was like, it just pushed me through a door into the next room. It was so powerful. Um, but then it keeps firing when yeah. you enter a new room. Yeah, it doesn't stop. <laughs> it fires for, like, ten seconds. Like, you could just obliterate anything with it. Like, it's like how do you not have a one run at that point? I really I think want to see what that thing does to Hush. I want to see what it does to Boss Rush. Oh, God. Because then you could recharge it. Yeah, it would recharge pretty if, fast in Boss if Rush. If it didn't kill everything. If it didn't kill everything, then it would recharge and you'd use it a second time. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, but that's... You know, in true Isaac fashion, it's just absolutely absurd. And um, yeah, I, I don't think that it's any surprise to say, like, this is basically one of my favorite games of all time. Like, I am always going to want to have that 100% clear rate in this game. Like, every time they yep. update it or something, like... I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in the trenches fighting for that, that whatever, you know, platinum qualifies as in this game. That's what I'm going to be shooting for. Well, don't worry, because they've announced Afterworth Plus will have new stuff. Yeah, it's going to have, like, an actual new stage and not just, like... We'll see. Yeah, they keep saying that, but... <laughs> they said that about the last one. And then it just ended up being uh, the, the Blue Womb, which is just the hush fight. Yeah. Which is a little and two, disappointing. But. And two item rooms. And two item rooms, yeah. Totally a full chapter. Yeah. But, but that hush fight is really good. Yeah, it is really good. I like that one a lot more than uh, Super Greed. Yeah, Ultra Greed is just kind of... Yeah. Ultra Greed just takes too long. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he's it not doesn't really... really and it, like, it doesn't go through stages. It doesn't go through stages like the... Uh, yeah, like the hush fight does because hush fight it just continues to evolve as you fight him, whereas Mega Satan or not Mega Satan but uh, Ultra Greed is just this one continuous pattern that gets real mm-hmm. boring, and it gets fa- it gets a little bit faster, but yeah. But that's not like real, you know. Like like, like Hush's attacks change, yeah, and he does different things the lower unhealth he gets, and that's really cool. Um, but, to describe uh, it in, in in terms Gesh can understand, Hush is basically a Toho boss. Yeah, he goes through stages and constantly, yeah. like you know, like every stage he goes through might as well just be a spell card. Yeah, and like even when he, like every ten percent of his health, like he'll just burrow underground for a few seconds just to let the previous one clear out. They should then... just make stars above his health bar. There you go. <laughs> That's all we need. That's all we need. And it's if genuinely get, total. If we can get a Toho mod for, for Binding of Isaac, I'm sure Gash would be oh, right, on, right on top of that. I would be. There you go. <laughs> and like one towards the end of his health bar, sometimes Hush will just burrow underground and start running around while underground shooting stuff, and I'm like, Oh, it's a survival card. Yeah. Like this is totally an extra stage boss. <laughs> Yeah, like, it, it, I have to wonder if that was, like, any kind of direct referencing there or to, to Toho or just shooting games in general, but... It's pr- it's interesting, the yeah. way it's the, the se- kind of the second-to-last attack. Yeah. Toho is all-encompassing. There you go. And yeah. one thing you can learn from this podcast, Toho, is all-encompassing. Uh, so, Rhett, how's, how's the old Isaac uh, treating you? Like, I know that, you know, uh, even though I beat you to 1,001%... I know. 
I, I knew you were going to beat me because you were ahead the whole time. Yeah. Uh, first of all, that 90 hours, that's just in Afterbirth because I rebought the game on PC. Yeah. So that's not including my many, many hours on PS4. So, like, this is what practice does to you, basically. Mm-hmm. Is that you can get through a lot of stuff way quicker. Uh, some of the challenges suck, though. <laughs> I loved like, Brains. Like, everybody hates oh, Brains, but oh, I brains, love Brains was... Brains was so stressful. I I was, like, half a heart away from dying. And I'm like, if I die in the final boss, I'm just gonna, like, alt F4 this game and not play for a day. <laughs> Rage but quit. Then, but then winning felt pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it's just... You know, even though I've done everything in that game now, it's like, I still want to just sit down and play it. Because yeah. it's just that, like... I can't think of many other games that I have ever played... Where I can just sit down anytime and be like, ah, I'm just gonna, you know, have a blah blah run, you know. But like in the Binding of Isaac, it's just like I could sit down any, like I could sit down right now, fire it up, and be like, all right, let's 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 do a cane run, have some fun, you know. But like I can't think of many games that really have that kind of effect on me, um, and I think that's really interesting and really cool. So you're gonna get one thousand one percent right? Yeah, I'm going for it, but, like, right now, I'm kind of in a weird position where I've done the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I've done all the challenges, I have all the post-its, but I've just got, like, 15 items left to find. And it's just like, yeah, it's kind of grindy. Yeah. Because some of them I still don't have unlocked. Like, not important stuff, though, like, the donation machine is still haunting me. Oh, no. So it's just kind of like, yeah, I'll take it easy for a bit now, because I really... Went pretty damn hard on that game for a week there. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you found Godhead yet? No, I haven't found Godhead. Yeah, I Godhead's, did find Mega. Godhead's gonna take a while. That 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 item yeah. is just so rare. Yeah, you can get two. I mean, if you're playing as Isaac, you can get you know bomb statue. Yeah. And then, That's how I got it my first time. Was I was just yeah. bombing bombing angel statues. <laughs> I noticed a funny trick though that didn't pay out the way I expected is that if you go into the sacrifice room and then get the angels to spawn, but don't pick up their key pieces, mm-hmm. you can reroll those, but they just turn into anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it was not, like, Oh, Char- charm of the vampire. That's weird. Yeah. They're not angel it's, room items. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But that is a way to get more items just to be stronger in general. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you're not going for a mega Satan run, it's absolutely, you know, like, and you've got the health to spare, you might as well give it a shot. Yeah, I really like the D6 because it opens up like really interesting gameplay mm-hmm. things when it's like, oh, I can donate to the blood machine and then just re-roll whatever comes out. Yeah. And it's it's silly. Oh, I never told you about the April Fool's daily they did. No, you didn't. What was it? It was, you played as the Keeper and you had to go to Mega Satan, mm-hmm. but when you picked up an item, it re-rolled that what? item. What? So you couldn't tell what you were picking up the entire run. Oh, that's crazy. So, like, but the craziest part was that if you picked up an item the game thought was, like, an active item, it would put put the wood and nickel down, but then when you picked the wood and nickel back up, it re-rolled. Oh, no! (laughs) So that happened to me, like, immediately, and I'm like, what's going on? Oh no! And and like I, the wood nickel is basically the best way for keeper to actually heal himself. You get a fifty yeah. percent chance at getting a coin anytime you use it, and coins are how the keeper heals himself. Yeah, 
But then I had pretty basically the greatest play of all time mm. where I'm in, I think it depths one, whatever, not important, but there was a blood donation machine. So I injure myself on that, pick up the coin, play it again, pick up the coin and just keep doing that over and over mm. until it explodes. And the, so I pick up the blood bag and it turns into tech X. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, holy effing crap. That's, that's Northern lion luck right there. That I was like, well, shit. So I actually got all the way to Mega Saiyan and then died. No, oh, yeah. but that but that felt pretty good that getting that far awesome. on a bullshit daily. Yeah, that's pretty good. I still think that the uh, Satoru Iwata one they did was really, really good. Yeah, that was great too. It was real fucking classy. Yeah, they did a uh, they did a very special sprite uh, that was made to look like Satoru Iwata, and like most of the items were like very Nintendo related, like the Game Kid and all the mushrooms. And oh yeah, stuff. it was really, really, really well thought out. Really cool little thing. Did he throw bananas? No, no. He still oh. cried. He only looked at them. <laughs> he only looked. <laughs> very lovingly. <laughs> yes. Uh, I unlocked the lost finally. <laughs> oh yeah, I know that took you quite a while. That missing poster so, was eluding you for quite a bit. Unlocking him took quite a while, and then finishing his post-it did not. Yeah, you ran through the lost challenges like crazy. They made him a good character. Yeah, he's really good and really fun to play. <laughs> so it's just super weird being like, in Rebirth, I went through fucking hell with this character yeah. to get, like, the lamb kill and boss rush, especially boss rush, just ruined me, where I died, like, five times on it. Yeah, this is a character that dies in one hit under normal circumstances. He has Not anymore. Health. Not anymore. He's got the holy mantle if you grind it out, and yeah. it's super helpful. It's a little too good. Yeah. Like, I think he's kind of... A little he's OP a- now. Yeah, he feels maybe on par or better than some other characters. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would play Lost over someone like Eve. Yeah. The Spectral are super helpful. Yeah, so that's super helpful. I think the Spectral Tears kind of breaks him. Yeah. Because in Boss Rush, you can just hover over rocks, and most bosses, like, literally can't respond to that. Yeah. They just just sit still, and you can shoot them. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you can fly over it and shoot over it, which he couldn't do before. Yeah. And then it's just like when you're towards the end of a run and you pick up nine lives and you have the holy, ma- holy mantle, it's just like, oh, well, I'd have to really profoundly screw up now to not at least get, like, an Isaac kill. Yeah. So, like, the one... I guess boss rush was probably the hardest thing for me on him because it's random now. Yeah. Like, you can't kind of memorize it like you could before. Mm-hmm. So that one was scary, but then I had a Mega Satan run where I was using Dr. Fetus, Oh, and that item is just too slow for that fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I got in there with, like, six lives from nine lives, and I just couldn't do it. Yeah, it's... you've got to wait for the bombs to drop, and, and the amount of time that that happens... Yeah. Just, it's too chaotic. I just wasn't doing enough damage to him. But it was like, I died six times on it. And I saw nine lives disappear, and I'm like, oh, fuck, this isn't happening, is it? And then Guppy's collar respawned me, and I'm like, oh, come on, just let me lose. 
and then I died again, and Guppy's collar respawned me. I'm like, fucking let me die, you please. Let me die. Come on. I've never wanted to die or run to die this, this much. Because I had, like, I had gotten to, I think, the skull face part of that fight mm-hmm. and lost, and I was just mentally dead after that happened. Oh, that's, like, the easiest phase. But and... I had no damage and, like, no range, and he just did one of those, like, zigzag attacks yeah. and it just pinned me against the wall. I'm like, well, fuck, and I died. But and then I respawned like the second time, and I'm like, no, no, and I just <laughs> took twenty minutes away from the game just because my heart was beating so fast. Yeah. But then, like a few lost runs later, I got the key again and just fucking demolished him. Man, I'm my, like, oh, my, shouldn't have. My keeper Mega Satan was so good because all I had to do was throw Chaos Card at the first form and then dodge oh, through the geez. second. <laughs> yeah, and then my keeper Mega Satan fight, which was the last one I had, I just exploited it in the best way because I got double A battery, which just oh. will continue to recharge the wooden nickel. Yeah. So I just stood there for 20 minutes making, making coins. Making coins in the arena just to always never die. That's fantastic. Because it was a medium strong build, but not like amazing. Mm-hmm. So I I did end up needing like a lot of those coins because mm-hmm. I wasn't as strong as I thought I was. Because I had done the, the thing in the sacrifice room as well where I just stood there for a while making coins mm-hmm. in order to play the sacrifice room to get the key because mm-hmm. then I skipped from like depths two all the way to oh yeah like, you're missing a lot of power ups on that yeah yeah when you warp it's almost the worst feeling in the world you you always warp after the key drops though I think but you don't have to yeah but I I intentionally did it because mm. I, I was just like. I have the key I have to get here because I might die on the way. Yeah. I died with him with the Mega Saiyan key once, and that felt real shitty. Real, yeah. It takes a lot of effort to get that key. Yeah. But yeah, you, being able to exploit his money is funny. Yeah, it's really cool. Really cool character design. Like an interesting yeah. way to play that game. So yeah, yeah, Binding of Isaac Afterbirth, it's still amazing. I'm still going to be playing it. I love that game to death. Red, Red Ogea yeah. is 1001. Eventually. We got faith in him. I looked I looked up what I needed, and it's stupid shit like, use the sun card, while, or use blank card while holding the sun card to unlock this baby. I'm like, really? I don't even know how I got that. You probably just did it by accident. Yeah. Because sun, sun card, blank card makes sense as a combo. Yeah. Because it's free health and damage and mapping. Yeah. Like, that's the thing you'd want to reuse every floor. Yeah. I just haven't had that combo show up yet. And then another, the like the third thing I need is play the coin beggar, or not the coin beggar, the shell game, the shell 100 game times. 100 times to unlock Scatole. Yeah. So I don't have that yet. But I'm, I'm real close, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You'll get it. You'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's Isaac. Um, so I know, uh, Ooh. What a lot oh. of people on this podcast, um, I, I know just from people talking. The emails to, are ringing off the hook. Ringing off the hook. I get some Tumblr asks all the time. They're just like, man, I love it when you talk about that Hyperdimension Neptunia series. Woo! So on the last episode, I mentioned that I had started playing, uh, Neptunia Action U, un, uh, or Neptunia U Action Unleashed, which is just like a combat arena, just beat things up kind of game. It's real silly. It requires little to no thought to play. You just mash buttons and do cool attacks and rack up combos that are stupidly large for no reason. And it's, you know, 
it's it's these characters that you've grown to adore already. So you know it's got the cool little you know hooks for that. But um, I'm glad that I only paid seventeen dollars for it um, because it is not a full mm. price. It's not a game you play. Like I would recommend any of the the Rebirth games at full price. You know because I think they're that good. But this is not a game because. I think that a lot of my disappointment comes from the fact that I went in expecting it to be something that it wasn't. Like, I thought that, like, every mission or whatever would be, like... I knew that there was a combat arena aspect to it, but I thought that there would be, like, stages you go through. Yeah, I kind of knew it was the combat thing. I was never really hyped for this. And it's just, like, you go in and you, like, you run down a hall into a combat arena, and that's the extent of it. You just kind of run around and bash things mindlessly. And (laughs) it's just not really exhilarating. I was surprised when I saw the hallway, because I didn't even know it had that. Yeah. Like, I thought it was pure, just here's a room to beat stuff in. Now, you, you run to rooms every now and again, but it's not really, like, stage design so much as it is, oh, I need to run over here because this is where the enemies are spawning now. And because the enemies stopped yeah. spawning, it's like, oh, well, I need X number of kills to finish this mission. Oh, okay, I guess this is their level design. I run to the other big room. <laughs> <laughs> When's Neptunia Dynasty Warriors? You see, like, a lot of people... Are, are like, like they compare this game to Dynasty Warriors, and I think that that's completely wrong because Dynasty Warriors, like it there, actually has yeah. maps, and there are a lot of elements of strategy, and you've got to hold mm-hmm. positions, you've got to hold bases, and things like that, and you've got to like make emergency runs back to other bases because they're under attack, and like this is nothing like that. Yeah, like, that's comparing them is giving this too much credit, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, but and, and like everything about the game is pretty inconsequential because it's a spinoff by Tamsoft, who they're not the original developers of the Neptunia series. They're mostly famous for Senron Kagura, um, which is very similar to this, uh, and it's got like the same kind of weird clothes ripping mechanic. Which what surprises me is this kind like the clothes ripping mechanic went over like a lead balloon in Japan for some reason. Like you expect them to love that kind of thing. Uh-huh. But apparently, like, they just really didn't like it. So it's not in, like, the follow-up game. That's, so that's kind of weird. It's always kind of surprising me because, you know, Japanese media loves its yeah. objectification. And, like, that stuff seems to sell really well. But, like, I guess Neptunia is just sacred. There are things you... There are lines you don't cross. There's Hidumari and Neptunia. Yeah, yeah. Even like the game makes reference to that. It's like, come on, like Idea Factory. We agreed that there was a line we would not cross. <laughs> I do like that they're tongue in cheek about it, at least. Yeah, and it's just like it just feels kind of like you know, like I, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't made for the express purpose of parody, but it actually kind of comes off as parody slash satire in a way with just how yep. they play it. Neptunia is weird like that, where it kind of gets away with doing shitty things in the name of making fun of shitty things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's like that comedian that says the things, like the words that you shouldn't say, and he says them, and that's like, but but Neptunia I think has kind of like the chops at writing and designing around those things in a way that I don't think other people that try to attempt that kind of humor can really quite nail. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit nicer. Yeah, I think so. I think so. 
And, and, and like, when it does go full-on absurd, it's absurd to a level that's just like, okay, come on, guys, now you're just being way too stupid. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that game, like, um, I mean, it's all right. Like, everything about it's inconsequential. Yeah. Like, even the final boss, it's just like, you beat the final boss, and it's just like, and, and like, even Noir was just like, this was really anticlimactic because there was really no reason for us to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like... Okay. Is that the main ending? Are there multiple endings? No, that's just it. Oh, like, weird. Like, the whole conceit of the game is that there are two new characters, uh, Famitsu and Dengeki Ko, uh, who obviously represent magazines in Japan. They're, like, some of the biggest, you know, game writing yeah. happens there. Uh, and those characters are based on those magazines, and they're basically just trying to capture the lives of the goddesses, and they're writing stories about it, and that's basically the whole conceit of the game. Is And, and there's, like, a lot of slice-of-life stuff that happens, uh, and like, in the story scenes and stuff that they kind of, like, you know, you, you get that Neptunia charm, but you're going to be playing through a pretty substandard game to get that, and it's probably, you know, you can skip this easily. It's not really something I'd go out of my way to play, really. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So here's... I have one question. What's that? What did they do to Blonde? What do you mean? What's this Blonny Blonny B shit I keep seeing everywhere? I don't, like, it's... She wants to, like, not appear to be bitchy, so she tries to adopt this ultra-cute personality, and it, it only pops up <laughs> once or twice. Oh. So oh, so it's a conceit of the whole reporter thing. Yeah, so she's just trying to put on an act because she doesn't want to come off as being the kind of <laughs> mean-spirited person she can be sometimes. Oh, that's fair. So it, it, it's it's kind of funny, but yeah, if you like your Neptune cheesecake stuff like that, you could probably watch the scenes on YouTube and get the, the, the most out of it that way if you don't really want to play through a fairly mediocre game that is pretty brainless and grindy mm-hmm. for no reason. That's not the word I would use for cheesecake. The meaning. Well, okay. Whatever. <laughs> if you want your Neptunia cheesecake, I got some websites you can go to. Oh, my. <laughs> Those are the same websites that Gesh goes to for his Toho porn. That right, Gash. I, I try you. to uh, <laughs> take safe Boru over uh, Dan Boru. Uh huh. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I do have something to add to Neptunia. Uh, I don't know much about it, but mm-hmm. I do know that there are extremely many Civilization Five mods about it. Yeah. Surprise! It's not really surprising because, like, the whole conceit is that like they're all goddesses and they've all got their territories and stuff. So I can see how yeah. that would work in a civilization oh. format. I need to yeah, play that again. <laughs> that lends itself for that. Yeah, I uh, there are well. actually so many Neptunia uh, civilizations for that that uh, I've seen comments of people <laughs> saying, "Why did you make that civilization?" There are already two of those. Oh my god. <laughs> it's just like they're saturated now. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like it's it's like Toho or Neptunia who has the most Civilization Five mods. I wish Toho had some more. It doesn't have that many. Mm. Only some. Yeah, because Neptunia actually makes a ton of sense because they're literally rulers of these giant land masses. Yeah. Like I could totally see how that would work in 
Civ where you could actually like just straight up build the the map itself. Yeah. And have like lean box to the south isolated from the others and stuff. Yeah, yeah I kind of want to try it. Out. Play as noir, invade, and kill all the others. Get your hyper devotion noir before you actually play it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. just shocked because I, I just was looking at safe buru. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's Nepu. It's all right, but yeah, don't go out of your way yeah. to play it. So, I'm, so that's I'm, all the Neptunia. That's talk. all the that's all the Neptunia talk. So Rhett, I did something amazing, something I haven't well, done that. in a really long time. I watched a Japanese cartoon. Oh no way! Yeah, really? I finally oh. like. I haven't watched a Japanese cartoon in probably three, three and a half years. Like all the yeah, way through. It's been a while. It has been. A so you you time. finally watched Squid Girl? I'm happy. Um. Oh no, Rhett. Unfortunately, that you're wrong. Uh, I actually ended up watching Hyperdimension Neptunia the animation. Wow! <laughs> I know everybody out there loves hearing about it. <laughs> Man, I know that Rhett, <laughs> Rhett talked about this show uh-huh. a bit, uh, probably a few months ago or so. I did not expect the show to be as good as it is. Yeah, like, I know, right? It is. I was shocked at like, <laughs> like you know, you start the first couple of episodes and they're just kind of like very lighthearted and stuff, and then they start getting into like a bit more of like continuity and some story progression mm-hmm. and things that tie into the game or have like. You know, or aren't directly from the game, but they set situations up in a way that sort of mirror the way events in like one and two played out. Um, yeah, and you start seeing these characters having a little more depth than they do in the games because you know you've got more visual stimulation there than just uh, you know character portraits talking yeah. to one another. There's a lot more stuff going on, and. They really go for it with the story. And, and it's just like, cool. and, and, and I think that, um, Funimation, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they did, uh, the, the, the localization and all the script writing, but I think that they actually, uh, outdid, um, uh, the, the, um, uh, uh, Idea Factory International's, uh, script writing, uh, because the dialogue feels a lot more confident. The way they weave in the weird video game references isn't quite as stilted or just trying to be silly. It's just like the way they talk, just like the references just kind of spill out of their mouth and they roll by <laughs> it without making, like, without pointing it out. Like they don't go out of their way to make the reference. It's just, oh, this dialogue happened. And I was like, wait a minute, did she just say that? That's a fucking reference. <laughs> How did you do, like, and it's just, it's so smooth and very well written and, um, what I loved most about it, I watched it dubbed because I happen to really, really enjoy the English cast of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they pulled in, uh, they pulled in every actress, uh, other than, I think, IF and Underling. I think were the only two that they couldn't get. But even then, their mm-hmm. replacements do really, really well at sounding pretty much the same. Like, it's really hard to tell the difference. Um, cool. And I think that, like, when it comes to the emo- the more emotional parts of the story, in which they they really go for it, uh, especially in a couple of the, the subplots for Rebirth Three that are just like in the game, they already had like a really good impact. 
But when they brought them to the anime, it's just like, oh, wow, this hits even harder because, like, the actresses have more to go on because they're looking at the, you know, you're doing ADR yeah. and you're watching the things happen. You could be a lot more emotional than just going in a recording studio and reading lines off of paper. Um, so like the, the, there are like a lot of really emotional scenes that like in the games, like, yeah, they hit, but they hit even harder, uh, <laughs> in the, in, in the anime, like the Pishi Neptune stuff yeah. is just, Ouch, man! They make it hit really hard. Like especially like there's a scene where Neptune's trying to get her to wake up and realize, like, no, like I, you know who I am, and she's literally just taking a fucking beating to prove it. And it's just like, oh my god, it's just like, you know, she's taking everything that Pishi is throwing at her and just like, <laughs> like not, not even in her goddess form. She is just in her normal person form, just like you know what, beat the fuck out of me if that's what you want to do. But I'm gonna make Jeez. you remember who I am. And it's such an amazing scene. And uh, another scene that I thought was really well acted was when um, uh, the goddesses are like they're they're, they're incapacitated by by uh, R four, uh, and it's sort of made to mimic the setup of the game industry graveyard that is in uh, Rebirth two. So it's like the the candidates they have to go rescue their sisters, but they don't really know how to do that because they can't transform yet. And this is something that was handled way better in the anime than in the game, is you know they never found that reason to do so. And like there was a scene where that that was just so like big. It was like a big gut punch. Is um like when Nepgear was trying to explain like why she couldn't save them because like she had seen the situation and they came back, they retreated because they weren't you know strong enough to do it. And, like, you know, Nepgear's all down on herself. It's just like, I, I couldn't do it. I'm terrible. And Noir or, or, or Uni just fucking goes off on her in a way. <laughs> and it's just like, and it's just like, yeah, you are stupid. It should have been you that was kidnapped because nobody would forget or care about you being missing. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you are relentless and awful and terrible, and that is painful. Uh, it was just like, wow, that's... I did not expect the show to be as good as it was. Is just whew, good stuff. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's so. obviously you need the context of the games to really get a lot of what yeah. it's doing. But it's more than just like, oh, well, here's our crappy little like money grab. Like they didn't just money grab it. Like they did a lot of like, you know, making that world seem more real. Oh yeah, definitely. It was this cool scene, like the city scenes, where it's like, oh, this is a place, and oh, there's Ray. Hey. Yeah. It's really cool stuff. Look how Mages just appears in the first scene and never again. Yeah. She just, like, I think, <laughs> just randomly I think appears. Mage, yeah. I think that's because Mages, the company, might have actually been the ones kind of behind this. Yeah. There's some reference there to yeah. why it's her at the start, but yeah, that was funny. Yeah, it's literally like a couple frames at the start where she like looks up and that's it. That's it. You always see her there. It's perfect. The one thing that really, I mean, it's not a huge issue now, but I thought it was really weird that they resolved the Neptune Pishi stuff in Anova. Yeah, yeah. Like the TV version would have been just like, wait, what? <laughs> what about? Yeah, what about the other dimension? Like, what's going on? Like, and they didn't really resolve, like, they kind of resolve it, but there's not the full resolution yeah. that you want. That, like, 
that big emotional moment that you need. Really, you know, these characters meet yeah. again and everything comes together and it's just like, boom, there's your big dose of happiness that you were waiting for. It's like the big orgasm waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's it all that oboe was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it was really Because it did so much. Yeah, and like, it just in 23 minutes, it... Like, they still nailed the pacing, though. It didn't feel rushed. Yeah. They still nailed it. Like, they resolved all the plot threads they needed to and gave the series, like, a proper cap, like, to where it's like, we don't need anything more here. Like, this is a really nice standalone thing as part of this series. But just how, like, they also do the teasing the bad ending of Rebirth 2 at the start. Oh my god. I, I Like, when that scene first popped up, I had completely forgotten that you mentioned that. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, we're not going there. That is exactly the reaction I had. Is like, oh, is this some spin-off thing that doesn't count? Because like, oh, no. they totally play you. They totally play you. Yep, they, they get you good. And it's like, oh no, everybody just has bad ending syndrome. <laughs> no, that's an actual illness. Bad ending syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody is unconscious and they keep having bad dreams of bad endings. <laughs> it's so dumb. But uh yeah. Uh I don't know if you guys know this, but Neptunia is pretty great. <laughs> Life is good. Uh, I'll probably be playing Neptunia two before too long. Once I play video games again. It's yeah. on Vita. It's on yeah, Vita. I own it on the Vita. You, I bought it when you Thank yeah, you for telling me you when it went it. on sale. John actually owns a Vita. Yeah. He's the only one. Yep. But yeah, thanks for mentioning that. <laughs> that went on sale. That's really nice to have. Gash doesn't have a Vita? No. Well, it's because John bought the only one in existence? <laughs> There's no Toho on Vita yet, yeah. which totally should be a thing. Oh, God, it um, should. They have every other indie game. Actually, weird indie thing. there is. Oh. <laughs> for real? I think there is a Nendoroid game. Um... Which includes Nendoroid Tohos. Oh, hmm. That's really I have cool. no idea how that worked out with the copyright, but uh, that supposedly exists. <laughs> well, why don't you have a Vita yet? <sighs> why haven't well, you come to the stage just and stolen, because. stolen John's Vita? Because it's the only one yeah, in existence. Yeah, <laughs> should just steal it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, one question about that anime. Sure. Um, you say it has some really heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, does someone get their head bitten off in episode three? <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite that morbid, but it does go for being emotional in ways that you wouldn't expect. Like, like you know, I, I don't want to spoil it because I think that like the moments that it hits are really, really mm-hmm. sweet, and like when they do hit, they hit really fucking hard. Um, but it's like, it's always surprising when a series that is just like, you know, this is just comedy stupidity, and then, oh no, like, no, all of a sudden our main character is actually very depressed for, you know, like, three episodes in a row because she made a big mistake. And it's like, oh wow, that's really, yeah, and that scene too was so fucking sad! It's like, why did you make her cry, you horrible monster? (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. I think the most amazing thing in the anime is that the swimsuit episode actually ended up being plot relevant. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> it's like you think it's like, oh, okay, we just finished the big storyline, our first big story arc, so now we're gonna have the cheesecake episode, right? 
And then they kind of do, but and then they, they but, tie it in in a weird way at the end. Yeah, they actually make it plot relevant. It's really good. Hey, hey Polly. Yeah. How would that scene where Plutio first transforms? Oh my god, it's so good! <laughs> I watched that on YouTube before I played that video, actually. <laughs> that was the only clip from the show I saw. I love that. They play it so well. It's like, no, you can't transform under any circumstances. Nuh-uh. Nope, not happening. And then, like, the moment it happens, it's still just as good, if not better. <laughs> it's it's it probably better it than it was in the be game. better, yeah. Because she does the attack from the game. <laughs> yeah. Where she's stepping on the doll. Yeah, she's just stepping on the doll. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> oh, my God, what a game. What a series. Neptunia is good. Neptunia is just magical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tune in next episode when me and Rhett will be talking about hyperdevotion in the water. How long is it going to be until that one comes out? It's been forever since a Toho game, since a Neptunia <laughs> game came out. It was going to be out by now, but they pushed it a week. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, they wanted to get out of the way of Don't they it. know think... that they have people who are interested in playing these games? I think they wanted to get out of the way of Danganronpa too. I don't think they wanted to compete. Danganit. Danganit. Danganama. Danganit. Danganit. Yeah, blame him. There you go. So that that that's all I've been up to. John Thire. Hi. You said he was. I can see you sitting over there chomping at the bit. You're ready to talk about something, right? Is that what you want to do? I am. Yeah. That's why I'm going to talk talk to Rhett first. Hey, Rhett. Hey. How's it going? Okay, do I sound okay because you guys actually keep breaking up for me? Oh, yeah, you sound fine. Okay. okay I wondered if that was me too. Clap. <laughs> yeah, Rhett's That's got the clap. edit point. Rhett's got the clap. Yep. Now I'm going to leave it uh, in. Sure. Also, response to that Yeah. transition. All right. So, Rhett. I Hi. Under- I understand that I one, did some stuff. That, that one... You have a penis. I'm not correct? sure about that. You're not Maybe. sure if you have a penis. You want me to check? <laughs> it's uh, Schrodinger's underwear. You don't know what's in there. <laughs> Classic Virtue's Last Reward reference. Rhett's just a, a Ken doll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a PSO2 character. <laughs> if, hey, you know what? What? Man, PSR2, that just keeps reminding me of Rhett, so I just gotta think, you know, like, I think Rhett should just tell us what he's been doing. Oh, sure. Uh, they did a huge update for PSO2 this week. Oh, did they? What was it? Yeah. It's just a bunch of new systems and stuff, like, they added a whole new weapon system on top of the old one, and it's just like, this game's kind of messy, isn't it? Yeah, this game's kind of like systems upon systems upon systems yeah. at this point. But then... It's systems that don't interact with each other in interesting ways. Like, so there's this weapon crafting system from a while ago where you'd break down weapons into materials and then use them to upgrade other weapons. That was fine. And then they added mining and fishing. So you can run around banging a pickaxe into things. I watched somebody stream this and it looked real fucking dumb. It's real fucking boring. But what's crazy is that nothing from mining 
interacts with crafting at all, which is not how every other game ever that has both those systems works. Why? What's the fucking point, then? You get items for skill rings, which is a totally different system. Oh, my God. So then, so this week they added NT weapons, which stands for new type, which is like, we're redoing a bunch of old weapons in new type style, and this system, those weapons, they have totally changed how grinding works. Where instead of just going to literally his name is Doodoo and giving him some grinders and some money and having him say, Oh, it failed. Yeah. Now now you can just go to him and feed other weapons to your weapon to level it up. Right. So it's like it's like a streamlined version of crafting where instead of just breaking down a weapon into parts and then using them to upgrade, you're just literally feeding weapons to other weapons. But they don't fail, so that's cool. Well that, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And when you get to plus 10, it unlocks the potential of the weapon, which is stuff like, do 10% more damage if you're over 60% health. Mm-hmm. And, like, I never unlocked those things before, because in the old system, you'd get to 10, unlock the potential, and doing that would put it back to zero. Ew. So I was just like, I don't even care to get to 10 normally. Yeah. Like, I'm definitely not, not going to reset it if I do. Yeah. So the new weapons, you go to 10, which also you can't fail, so that's it's not that hard. You get, go to 10, get the potential. Then you go to 20, get the second level potential. Then go to 30 and get the third level potential. This... So it's like, Jesus it's a lot of grinding. Christ. Yeah. But, but it's still way better than the old system, which was literally grinding your weapon to plus 10, having to deal with it failing like 70% of the time, then getting to... Going back to zero, starting over, going to ten, getting the level two potential, starting over. Oh god! So at least they've taken out the failure percent, right? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because like before, it was like, well, you could get a weapon to plus ten, but if you really want to be strong, you've basically got to do it to plus forty. Oh my god! So Chelsea actually did that on one of her weapons, and I'm like, how do you have that much patience? And then, and then that weapon right. will be outdated in the next patch. PSO two. So, like, that's the funny thing is that these NT weapons are kind of outdoing everything that's not thirteen stars. Oh god! Right now, because they added this new thing called the collection file, which is like, as you kill certain enemies, you're guaranteed a drop eventually. Mm-hmm. Like, it fills the fills these meters, which is really cool. Yeah. But then, like, the first one for every weapon is, like, kill any level 61 enemy, and it'll eventually drop a, what's called a Nox weapon, which is, like, this 12-star that's really good. Mm-hmm. And, like, those Nox weapons are, like, the strongest thing that's not a 13-star right now. So it's, like, they've kind of equalized the playing field again by just giving everyone these super strong weapons. Well, that, I mean, that's kind of good, because, I mean, yeah. let's be honest, hunting rares in that game is balls. Yeah. And at least, like, now that, like... I think that, the, the, I think that, like, games like this should always have some kind of system where it's just like, you know, like, it'll still take you a while to do it because you've gotta kill X number of things, but mm-hmm. you are eventually guaranteed that drop at some point if you put in the time. Yeah. Like, I think I that's fair. Yeah, it's definitely a fair system where it's just like, hey, you're 9% of the way to this drop or whatever. Yeah. And then next time you'll get it 100% once it's there. Because they've, they've been moving in that direction for a while. Like, all the stone stuff that people complain about was yeah. a way of 
eventually you build up to this thing that you can buy, which is kind of funny, though, because I finally got, like, 100 Caligula stones to f- buy a thing. Yeah. And then they do this update, it's like, well, that's outdated now. <laughs> Those are completely pointless now. Oh, man, Duo's going to be pissed because he was grinding the fuck out of those things. Oh, so, yeah, the thing he's grinding for specifically, I think it's still the strongest thing in the game, the austere weapons. Yeah, the austere weapons. Because those things are fucking crazy to get. It's like 50 of this stone, 100 of this one other stone, 50 of these three, 300 EX cubes, and like a million Meseta. It's like... Jesus the che- Christ. There's literally like a checklist of items to get for those things, and I just looked at it and went, nope. No, I do enough damage and I kill stuff pretty fast already because this game's stupid easy. Yeah, that's the thing is that the super hard difficulty is super easy now. Like, I'm just overkilling things in one hit. God. But yeah, the thing I grinded to mm-hmm. with 100 stones was actually just one of the items required for the austeres. Oh my god. Like, I'm, I'm done step one. It's ridiculous. That sounds and like a that game's on PS4 now. Oh, boy. That's, so that's cool. Way to waste now your I, PS4 on something. Yeah. Good yeah. job. It's all pretty now. They upgraded, They updated the graphics finally. Mm-hmm. Ooh, which yes. also led to me realizing I wasn't even running it at, at the highest resolution possible before. Whoops. Because <laughs> I didn't realize that stuff was, like, in the tweaker. I'm just like, why are the textures in this game so bad up close? And then I'm like, oh, whoops. Because click. I'm a dipshit. <laughs> Well, I mean, the official launch for that fucking game is... It's pretty Total bold. garbage. Yeah. And there's that one time it erased people's hard drives, so... Yeah, that's... Tweakers. Oh my god, I <laughs> That's always that. good. That is such, just a monumental... Yeah. ...fuck up. It's really amazing. Because, so the, how it happened was, before there's a big patch, they'll be like, hey, do you want to download the patch early? So people did that. And then when the patch arrives proper, it says, uh, okay, do you want to move those files over into the main directory? And you do that, and it goes, okay, I'm going to delete that directory now. And I guess they didn't specify what directory, so it just deleted and kept deleting. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. RM. Tag CBF. Asterisk. That reminds me of something. What's that? <laughs> um, I once read about a Gurren Lagan MMO um, that did something similar. Uh-oh. I think it uninstalled Windows. <laughs> uh, the beta of it uninstalled Windows oh on my launch. God. And How does Windows uh, even let that happen? <laughs> And because of that, um, they reimbursed all the beta testers and just flat out canceled the game. Wow. <laughs> just like, this thing's fucking done. We're not recovering. <laughs> oh, man. There was a dude now, this, but- this past week that actually deleted his entire company with one line of code. Oh, I saw that. That was ridiculous. Yeah, he killed, like, and, and like, and it's like, oh, we'll just go back to backups. Like, uh, no, the code that he inserted and ran <laughs> actually deleted all of the backups for his customers That's... as well. So it's like everything is gone. That was crazy. Yeah. It was like delete all, but like with no confirmation prompt associated. Yeah. Oh. oh. Fubar, oh, indeed. I read that just 
I read that just in pain. Yep. Yeah, that's John's nightmare now. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Uh, I'm so in I did... a position where I could fuck up everything for every for a <laughs> bunch of people. <laughs> oh dear. Lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did things besides PSO two oh, and really? Isaac. Really? Yeah. Never would have expected uh, that of you. Well, so it's something Toho related. No, I don't really Under- play Toho anymore. Undertale? I'm the new Toho guy. Yeah, you gotta leave that. To I don't pass. really. Have- no, I stole Undertale, the title from it. Right? <laughs> yeah, basically. Just say, I am always the guy who gets this thing stolen by other people. Where it's like, <laughs> I play a lot of hard games. Then Fresno's like, No, I'm the hard game I'm guy. The hard and it's game like, here. okay, I play. I play a lot of. The shmups and Sunburst Basers like, no, I'm the shmup no, guy. The shmup and it's like, guy. okay, I play a lot of Toho games. And Gash is like, no, I'm the Toho guy. <laughs> it's like, well, I make games. And John's like, no, I'm the guy who makes games. And I'm like, well, I'm just kind of a bit of everything, huh? <laughs> and, then, and then you're like, well, I'm kind of a bitch, huh? And, I'm, and I was like, well, guess what, Rhett? I'm a bitch. <laughs> Aww. Rhett, I, yeah. I think I've spent a lot more time with your shmup articles and Sunburst for what it's worth. I mean, his are probably actually way better. I... Yeah, but views of those games. I, I like those smart things I did more as a video repository where gotcha. hey, you can look up every game real quickly here. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I mean is that I've I've gone over that as a video repository, as a yeah. repository for games to check out a, video, a lot. Yeah. A video suppository. Deposit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I'm just I'm just making butt humor. No. Mm. Oh. We do that a lot on this podcast. Mm. <laughs> Never would have figured that, huh? Um, I watched some anime as well. Whoa! Weird, right? What'd you, what'd you watch? Oh, okay, that makes sense. Because I was like, what other video games are there that we haven't already covered here? I read that can be your thing. You can be the anime washer. <laughs> I guess nobody else wants to watch anime anymore, yeah, so yeah. sure. There you go. There's your new thing. Nobody steal it. Mr. Anime. I... St- now Jetstorm is going to be like, um, no, excuse me, I'm the anime guy. <laughs> no, he's, no, he's the JRPG guy. Yeah, that's true. He already has a thing. Yeah. Uh, I finished watching Your Lie in April, which I mentioned back Couple in March. How yeah. was it? How was it? That's a very fine Japanese animated program, the likes of which they don't really make anymore. Really? Excellent. Because it's just like, hey... We're not gonna put in any creepy fan service to where you can't show this to adults. Oh wow! It's like oh, panty shots, nude scenes, and showers. Nah, we don't have any of that stuff. It's just a good, well-told story about these kids in high school. God, what's, so the, does, what's the point then? It's like fucking caffeine-free Mountain Dew. Why bother? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so this is the show where oh, who was the guest on that one? I said how one of the reviews was just like. This show ruined my life. <laughs> I don't remember. Might have, been, guess, might have been Nate. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Nate, and Nate just started cracking up laughing at yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that the show has the feels at the end. Did it ruin your life? No, oh, I. I don't think it was a bad ending. No. To be very yeah. vague, mm-hmm. but uh. So this is a show mostly about music. It's about these kids who play piano, or like the main character plays piano, and he has these friends as well. Yeah. Um, so the show has a lot of piano scenes, 
oh, where cool. it's just like these characters playing piano for like eight or nine minutes. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Huh. And they animate the whole thing. That's yeah. bold. Cool. <laughs> so one thing I noticed towards the end was that there's a lot of internal monologuing during these scenes because mm-hmm. they have to to fill like what's happening and yeah. stuff. And they do a really great job kind of connecting what's happening in the music to the character's emotional state. Yeah. But maybe like the second to last one was just like, I don't care about this side character and he's giving me his life story right now while playing the piano, but like I still get what they're going for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, what I'm saying is like they talk a lot during the music and it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And then the final performance in the show basically has no talking during it. Cool. Great. And when I saw when I saw what they were doing with it, I basically started bawling. Oh. Interesting. So I might have to go rewatch that last episode because it's it's the feels. I might have to actually check that out because me and Red are going to watch Shinsekai Yori. Yes. Oh yeah, I just had that tab open actually. <laughs> And so then, I was adding, I was adding your lie in April to my plan to watch list, and I was like, "What's S- Sekai Yori?" Oh, okay. It seems cool. up my alley. It's kind of got it's like weird. It's got weird Ghost Hound vibes to it, which I liked Ghost Hound. But oh, I, I love I Ghost Hound. I don't think anybody but me and John liked Ghost Hound. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just like re- the lane pe- people just making a real chill show. Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. And it's got the opening theme that's jazzy as all fuck, and I love it. Yep. Oh my god, all of those transitions. So good. Yeah. So uh, let me know when you start watching Shinsekai Yori then. Will do. I'll I'll get on get in on that. Cool. Cool. And then, like, the literally last thing in the show, they mentioned what the lie in April was. <gasps> <laughs> so the title isn't just weird, random bullshit. It's, uh, specifically- it's got a meaning. Yeah, they go back to it very deliberately. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, snap. Did that, make, I had th- did that make you cry, I, too? Nah. Okay. But I had thought I had figured out what the lie was. That it was referring to, and I was totally wrong. I'm oh. like, oh, huh. It was actually March 31st. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole thing. I was like, oh, no, wait. Wasn't even I thought it was so weird that they put this on Netflix in March. Like, no. It has April in the title. <laughs> it's against the law. And then I was all paranoid that they were going to remove it in April, so I'm like, I should finish that. So yeah, that's a good show. Cool. Cool. And then continuing on the Netflix train, I watched the first season of Better Call Saul. Oh, Ooh. shit! That's I, I need to get on this because our local cable company, Suddenly Communications, mm-hmm. you piece of garbage cockfuck, <laughs> they didn't want to pay... To have the oh, like, so we well. like we don't have sh- basic shit like A and E and Nickelodeon anymore. So it's fucking dumb. Jeez, yeah, Ugh. Mm. Ugh. fucking dumb. So Ugh. I didn't get to watch Better Call Saul, which I really fucking want to. How is it? Oh, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's no Breaking Bad though. Well, obviously, but it's also like it's only been one season, and I don't think Breaking Bad really got amazing until season three. Or I, like think the season, back. I think season two is when things started really to kick off. Maybe the back yeah. half of season two, mm-hmm. which is ironic because that's when Saul shows up. Yeah, like, like <laughs> when when Walt like does a very specific thing and lets a very specific thing happen, that show yeah. goes to a dark place that is just like, mm-hmm. oh god. 
That's when it like, gets real. Because mm-hmm. when I first started watching Breaking Bad, though, I like I kind of stopped in the middle of season two. Yeah. For mm-hmm. like a for like a year, and it was before that. I was very so angry. Then, I like st- I like think I actually stopped on the Better Call Saul episode. <laughs> But yeah, Better Call Saul, the prequel series, is good. It's funny, though, because he's not actually Saul Goodman in this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's his, he's using his real name, which is Jimmy Gilman. Yeah. So, like, the title of the show is kind of funny because it's never really referenced. I did have a... <laughs> I had a huge John moment, though. There's yeah. a flashback to him at a younger age. I won't say as a kid because it's still the same actor. Yeah. But somebody goes, what's your name? And he goes, Saul. And they go, Saul. And he's like, yeah. Saul Goodman. Oh, my God. And I go, oh. Oh, that's what it is. Three years later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I felt like John pretty hard right then. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) But, yeah, it's a good show. It's, It's not nearly as dark as Breaking Bad was. Yeah. But yeah, it does still have me. No, it do, it still has emotional points though that will just kind of break your heart. Oh, and I think the start of it might try to go a little too close to Breaking Bad, where it's just like, "Hey, look, it's Mike," and "Hey, look, it's Tuco." Is that yeah, his name? I, I think. Yeah, I think that they had I, to do that though. Yeah, to kind of you know get, to to get people hooked again, to kind of give you those familiar mm-hmm. faces, and then ease them out of the show, so that it's just like, oh, okay, now that Better Call Saul can be its own thing. Yeah, I definitely Ooh. don't think they're phasing out Mike though. Like his role in the show has actually dramatically gone up. Mike is awesome uh, since he I've had fucking, cameo in episode one. I fucking love yeah, he's him. awesome though, so it's fine. Because you know that obviously they know each other in yeah. Breaking Bad, so they're not split parts. Yeah, or, uh-huh. I can't talk at all. Split paths. <laughs> There's an episode about Mike's backstory that's pretty dark, though. Oh no. Yeah, Th- there's still some shit in this show. Well, Just, I figure there would be. I mean, it's, you've still got right. that Breaking Bad touch to it. Yeah, I think that touch is most noticeable in where it's like. Every scene that happens, you don't think it has a point at the start, but then everything always comes together, and you're just like, oh, shit, that's why they did this. Yeah. Like, nothing ever happens without a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really neat. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Vince Gilligan is just an amazing, yeah. just an amazing writer. Just real control of drama. Yeah. That's like, just what I got from my experience with Dragon Bad. Yeah, because even in episode one, it's like, I don't know what the point of the scene was, and then by the end of the episode, it's just like, Oh, oh, they're doing a whole thing with that, huh? Yes. And then, gosh. The way they can bring things around like that, like, just, like, tie mm-hmm. it all up in a nice little bow by the end, just, man, yeah, it's so good. And the show definitely tricked me towards the end, where it's like, oh, is this where they're going for the finale? And then it's like, nope. And it's like, okay, well, is this where they're going? Like, and then it's like, nope. Like, they threw some curveballs, and... Maybe the weirdest thing about this show is that, like, virtually none of it actually takes place inside a courtroom. Well, that's, despite that's really cool, though. Hmm. But like, you could totally see this being kind of like courtroom drama. Yeah, like a Phoenix Wright kind of thing, where yeah. it's just him and his wacky clients, and like, it's not that at all. Weird. Like, 
there's kind of a montage towards the start of him defending people, and then like that's it for the entire rest of the show. Wow. So far. It's like we've established that he's a lawyer, now we can have yeah. fun. Yeah. All the fun is outside. Because, like, a lot of it is kind of like they never want to go to court. It's always like, well, how do we settle this? Like, because his clients are all guilty, basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. How do we make this go away? Yeah. His clients, <laughs> his clients are all scumbags. And we've just got to figure out a way to make this go away, legally or illegally. Yeah. That's a good summary. Oh, I was fun. I was kind of worrying, wondering about this show though because like no one ever talked about it until season two started. Yeah, mm-hmm. like season one just seemed to kind of really go under the radar. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was pretty low profile. Definitely for a sequel to a hugely beloved show. Yeah, yeah. But now that season two is airing, people seem really into it. Back but in, that's yeah. not not on Netflix now, so I'm probably just gonna chill for a bit. Cool. Like the ending of this didn't make me. It didn't end on a huge cliffhanger that was like, oh, I need season two right now. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, I-, I think I'm good for now. Yeah. Which isn't what I expected. Yeah, nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I did play some video games. Whoa. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, I played Binding of Isaac Afterbirth in PSO2 now. <laughs> uh, I just want to quickly touch on that Mad Max game. Mm-hmm. So last week I was like, I'm just going to mainline uh-huh. the story and like not do all the side stuff, and then loaded it up and then immediately started doing the side stuff and like 100%ed the first area. God damn it, Rhett. And I'm like, I'm a dumbass. You're a dumbass. You really are a dumbass. It just felt nice to have this one place that's like, hey, free ammo, free water, free food, and just be able to return there and like have the game be less punishing. And then I started going through the story and I'm just like, man... I don't know if I like this game. <laughs> like, I'm so consistently up and down on that game, but now it's like I haven't actually played it a week because Isaac happened. Yeah. Gotcha. But don't worry, because I've got these guys that gather scrap while you're offline. Oh, God. One of those, like, real-time things? Yeah. <laughs> Here's what you do. You set your clock forward three years, go no, in, see, grab the you stuff. You have to be online. Oh. You, they actually fucking check to oh, prevent people those from bitches. cheating. Those bitches. <laughs> In a single-player game, they don't want... I'm cheating. Oh, those bitches. But it's funny, because it's like, when you sign on after a day, it's like, oh, you got, like, 70 scrap, which is not that much, but now it's like, oh, I haven't been on for, like, a week. Oh. I bet there's a lot. <laughs> I could buy, like, a whole two upgrades now. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the car stuff in that game is still good when it happens. It just doesn't happen enough. Which is I don't know. Weird. Like I do, I do really like the explosions, though. <laughs> well, that's the thing that Avalanche is known for. Their explosions are amazing. They're amazing in this game, but like that can't really carry a whole game. No, no. Uh, you know uh, that Mad Max game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was really weird about that when it came out, uh, the reviews were kind of in all over um, the usually with games it's kind of um, everyone gives like an 8, 9 7 out of 10 with yeah. Mad Max everything was there so <laughs> you yeah. kind of didn't know who to trust really that's what I noticed about that one 
I think some people just really like kind of those Assassin's Creed-y type games where it's just you turn your brain off and listen to a podcast or something. Yeah. But, like, last year kind of raised the bar for open worlds where you had, like, The Witcher 3 and uh, Metal Gear. Yeah. And then when this is just kind of like, hey, it's a -a collect-a-thon and you upgrade everything. Like, literally everything can be upgraded. You upgrade your jacket. I have the top-level jacket now. What? Yeah. Okay. Oh, the dumbest thing. I don't even know. Did I talk about the beard last time? No. You can up you can upgrade Maxie's beard. So what? you don't it it's not actually really an upgrade, but it is an unlock mm-hmm. where it's like he starts with short hair beard and then you can upgrade to medium length beard and then go to long length beard. <laughs> but then it gets way stupider after that. Where it's like, okay, now we have Max with face paint, or Max with oil on his face. Oh my god. But then, the next tiers after that are Max with short hair beard and head and head goggles. <laughs> and then Max with medium length beard and goggles. And Max with long length beard and goggles. <laughs> and then there's another tier after that where it's like the same three, short, medium, long, right. with goggles and like a hat. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me now? <laughs> Is the game better than uh, the NES Mad Max game? Oh, I, I hope so. It certainly <laughs> looks better. Yeah, that game wasn't so great. I still kind of get the feeling that um, nobody really needed a Mad Max game. Um, people would just uh, throw in any of the fallouts and say, yeah. yeah, this is close enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things, kind of like Alien and like Warhammer 40k, where it's like, video games have been kind of ripping this off forever, so that when you make something with the original IP, it feels dated in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. Because Fallout so kind of did that exact same thing. Uh-huh. Like a man, a man and his dog. Yeah. <laughs> in- so yeah, that like you brought up with Mother 4 and Undertale? Yeah, Undertale. <laughs> well, I guess it's a little different, but... Yeah, that's kind of not the same. No, you're right. Uh, and then I played like 20 minutes of Naughty Hero, so I'm not sure if I should really talk about it, but that game's fun. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. In that game, like, you're not a hero. <laughs> no, you kill a lot of people in that game. It's, kind of, it's more like Hotline Miami. Yeah, it looks like side-scrolling Hotline Miami. That's pretty accurate. It it's looked pretty like, cool. It looked pretty cool, I gotta say. Yeah. I think it's that Devolver the, bundle's still going, so I might grab it. Yeah, it's. I think it's worth it. It seems fun. It's like a really kind of fast, ma- manic version of elevator action or something. Yeah. Where you can't jump, but you're just, like, hitting the A button to roll forward into cover. Mm-hmm. And then you shoot a lot of people. And, like, if you roll into people, they fall down, and then you just headshot them. That's awesome. <laughs> it's very violent. Sounds like a better version of Ronin. Probably. Because yeah. you can also just straight up run out windows, fall through the air, and then into a window, the floor below. Yes! And, and doing that just oh. feels really cool every time. <laughs> so I think I've seen that one. It didn't, it didn't click uh, for me with the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think I've seen it. It looks cool. Definitely. It, yeah, it's pretty cool. It also might be super short, because it's like in 20 minutes I beat like five levels, and I think it said out of 22. I'm like, yeah, oh. Yeah, I hmm. think that's a chief complaint that I saw about that game when it was released, is that it was super yeah. short. Yeah, it's been getting harder, though. Like, it starts, it's obviously pretty easy at the start. Mm-hmm. 
but then it seems to be getting more complex as you go, obviously. And then there's, like, achievements in each level, like, beat this level in 40 seconds, and then it keeps track of that stuff. So if you want to 100% it, it might take a while. Might be cool to check out. Yeah. I mean, like, Hotline Miami was not a long game either. This seems about the same. Like, and you don't need to be a long game to be effective, obviously. Yeah. And then... Story-wise, the character you're working for is called Bunny Lord, and he's just a giant purple bunny who, who's running for mayor, and yep. in order to elect him mayor, he wants you to kill everybody. Oh, okay, one last thing about this game. The voice acting is these super heavy British accents, uh-huh. and it's amazing, because it's also low fidelity, kind of sounds like an old arcade game. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, my God. So the entire game is just your character screaming like, Oh, I'll fucking kill you, bitch! <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> and then you wanna, get shots like, use "Oh, as, fucker!" I want to use Rhett's British voice as a sample oh, for something no. now. Oh no! It sounded really good, though. You didn't. Yeah. Even, you didn't even sound like you. That's pretty good. It's better yeah, than Rainiac's fake <laughs> yeah, British accent. Yeah, it's way better than Rainiac's <laughs> fake ass accent. <laughs> So, so that's what I've been into. Cool, cool. I'm going to go take a nap, so... Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can go take a nap, because that means we're moving on to our good pal, John Fire. Woo! Hey, John! Everyone's favorite chunk. Yeah. <laughs> You've been waiting all episode to, to just let her fly, haven't you? Just just let it rip. Just... Baby, penis. Baby, I don't know. <laughs> Penis, like yeah, there you go. That's about the extent of our humor now. We don't even like have jokes. It's just dicks, <laughs> penis, comics, titties. Come on, Gash, you got to help uh, here. Pity. <laughs> Gash is too sophisticated for our lowbrow humor. Yeah, Let's say something in German. Um. <laughs> We're all waiting here, dude. You got this. <laughs> I have I faith in your I... ability to speak German. Obscenely. Obscenely. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't think I can save it this time. All right. All right, that's fine. All right, so, John. All right, John. I played some video games this no, week. No, you didn't. You fucking Very little. liar. You fucking all right. liar. I don't think I'd wrapped up Hyper Light Drifter when we last did the podcast, right? Right. right. Cool. Um, well, I did. I wrapped up Hyper Light Drifter. I'm going to be doing um, that this week. Am I in for a good time? Well, I think I would put Hyper Light Drifter in the same tier as games like The Swapper, Bastion, Ez, and Shovel Knight. Really special, yeah. interesting, Sounds fun high. games. In That's- that they're just games that I had an absolute blast playing and just don't really have much of a connection with otherwise. Oh. Yeah. So I I don't know. I felt a little bit a little, little bit cool even though I had this really nice time with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to kind of chill on it for a while and then probably play it again eventually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't fuck up. Well, but maybe good. it Yeah, it, it doesn't fuck it up. It does a good job wrap things up um, right, but it doesn't like 
I read an article this week that they're like, they're continually going back and changing the balance of the game to make it more accessible because I guess people found it too hard. Yeah, I hate that. That's so weird. It's like, come on, guys! Like, you made the game that you supposedly wanted to make, and just like, chill. Yeah, just, just like chill. let it be its own thing. Uh huh. Happens a lot lately. Yeah, it really yeah. is. I, uh, I've been. I, I talked about Dark Souls so much this week. I was surprised. I thought for a minute, oh, did I play Dark Souls? <laughs> just because, um, a naturally another Souls game came out, so everyone has to start complaining about games that are, you know. Challenging in any way, right? <laughs> so, I've got something to add to that. Go for it. Um, Lisa the Joyful was at launch uh, too hard for many people. Mm-hmm. You know, Lisa the Joyful, the DLC for uh, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so they made an easy mode, but it's just the developer trolling. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, really? <laughs> Yes. That's it? amazing. Like, what does it do? Um, you pay a shit ton of money, um, and then you get into a couple of really easy fights that are basically uh, mocking you for being so bad at the game, oh, no. and then it just ends. <laughs> oh, no. oh, that's awesome. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That's yeah, really I saw bad. that on the store page. It said, Lisa the Joyful now has an easy mode. I'm like, oh, that's nice that they did that for people. I'm not going to play it on regular, though. <laughs> oh, that's I mean. had no idea. It was a troll. That's oh. really good. Oh, God. But just, like, just of all the game, like, there's so many games that are, like, way more convoluted and hard to get into and inaccessible in ways that they don't really need to be, right? Right. Like, a whole bunch of big AAA games. Um, I'll play something like a Bioshock or a Batman, and it's just like, here's a bunch of these systems and things to deal with and maneuver, but then also we're going to put a big neon arrow that points where you need to go all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, these games aren't something you could give to like a non-gamer um saying that just kind of to isolate. But yeah, that just not someone who doesn't, you can't really give those games to someone who doesn't play games and expect them to have a good time. But they don't really resist you either, so it's just kind of this weird, dumb thing where video games can be really insular design-wise and that leads to this kind of dumb stuff. Right, right. Dark Souls isn't that, though. No. Right? Right, right. It's just a really cool hard video game. Dark Souls, just respects, really like Dark Souls respects your intelligence. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. you can probably do this if you think about it. Come on. Mm-hmm. I talked, I was really ang- angsting about it, actually. Like, I, I brought up a thing on Twitter, like, is it good to have a quick save, quick load option for people who can't deal with something right. if the game isn't designed around it? Mm-hmm. And I was really agonizing about it, because, like, like, would Fugitive have been better if there was, like, a quick save, quick save option? Because, like, one guy said that the final boss practically made him cry. Because oh. it was so hard. Jesus. Yeah. So, that then I was just, like, in this turmoil. Because this is stuff I think a lot about. Um, it's just, like, it, there's so many games that are resistant in ways they don't need to be. Yeah. And I get and I think that's where all the frustration comes from. Yeah. And then Dark Souls games are like hard on the very surface level. Mm-hmm. So I think they draw the ire even though they aren't the games that deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So whenever a Souls game comes out, it's been frustrating on Twitter. Yeah, it's just always that same conversation. Yeah, it's boring. It's boring. It really is, yeah. <laughs> I just think it's so wrong and ugh. Is it like, Austin? Yeah, it's, it's Austin. It's a lot of people. <laughs> Everybody has a hate boner because they'll buy, they'll complain about Dark Souls a bunch and then they'll go buy the new game right <laughs> when it comes out and then play it a bunch and then complain about it being hard. And <laughs> I'm just like, I haven't even bought Dark Souls 3 and I'm really like Dark Souls, so I don't get it. I, People are dumb. Ugh. And, yeah, just that whole conversation about accessibility and making games something everyone can play. And I'm just kind of looking at my work where I've made stuff like Fugitive and Into the Vortex mm-hmm. and my machine game, which are really fucking hard in ways that I'm, I am proud of. Mm-hmm. And then I've made stuff like Frog Adventure and Dance Party, Hummingbirds and Ants. Mm-hmm. And, K- and KTB, which are very stripped down, accessible. You can't die in a yeah. bunch of those. Yeah. Um, uh, technically, you can't die in Bioshock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, the most accessible. <laughs> so I think the the thing you want here isn't to add an easy mode to all of these games, add extra s- options, add all these things. It's just make a wider variety of games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I think I've done, and I'm proud of myself for that. So that that was on my that was on the tip of my tongue during Hyperlight Drifter, seeing them make the changes like that, and seeing people complain about it being hard, and just and then like the devs kind of just bending to that will. Uh, like, uh, you guys have acceptance because this game is already a big thing. Like, why do you have to keep trying to push for it? The game's going to do fine on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's kind of been a thing I've been angsting about all week. And that that's honestly the thing that has been on the tip of my tongue more than a lot of talking about Hyper Light Drifter. Cause, right. Mm, so I are they like, just not keeping the original mode? Um, they they did a bunch of changes, and then they rolled almost all of them back. Oh, like, like three days later. <laughs> like They added a bunch of invincibility frames to the dash. They made it so that the health items respawn every time you use a warp pad, so you just don't have a limited amount of health at all now. I guess. Yeah. Um, and then some other thing. And then they rolled back all of those, except they kept just a couple of the invincibility frames in the dash. So, huh. and now the health is back to where what it was like. So it was just a big waste Weird. of time. Yeah. Because it's like, I'd be fine with them making changes as long as that stuff kind of was isolated and like, hey, here's normal and easy mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's weird when a game changes and you can't play the original anymore. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that was frustrating. Um, I think the only real problem I had with the game was that I think the the last dungeon doesn't really feel like a last dungeon. Mm. And it's That's a big so thing when- for me. That's a big thing for me. Yeah. I, always, I always need the end of a game to feel like the end of a game. Yeah, that was really that was really it. Like everything is great, and then but then it, the actual climax is maybe like ten minutes long, and mm. the preceding dungeon is pretty limp, or at least you know not really grander than the previous game. Like I beat the dungeon, the boss of that dungeon, and then I was like, okay, so we're now there's the real <laughs> boss, right? And oh. then it just ended. And ugh, that well, they wanted a- they wanted that authentic Dark Souls experience. <laughs> Because the last dungeon, the last air quotes dungeon in that is like four dudes. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, that makes sense as long as there is, like, an Anne Orlando with an Ornstein and Smog at the end. You can Then you can have the 10-minute easy out of the game thing. Yeah. But there just isn't that. There's no point where everything comes together in this way, like, oh, okay, I'm just, I'm, wow, this is so tough and cool. There's like it's a just, culmination of, of your yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like Super C and Subterranean Animism are two games that I always point to as, like, yes. building to a climax that is incredible. You know? Yeah. And, like, the end of those games feels like the end of those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, I think all they, all, I think all they should have done is just make it so that the South Dungeon isn't cut off until you've beaten the first three, because right, right. it doesn't feel like a different thing. Gotcha. And then, then extended the, if, if just doing that kind of honestly would have made a big difference, because then it's like, okay, I've got four dungeons, and then I just stop, I just, I wrap up the story and stop playing. Right. Or, I do four dungeons, and then I do a super big cool dungeon that has a big climax. Mm. But, I, either one of those would have worked better for me. Um, it's still a real pretty cool thing, and everything leading up to that works great. Yeah. But that was disappointing. Cool. I'll keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't want to shit all over enjoy- your future enjoyment of that, because I did have a lot of fun playing it. That yeah, was just... like, there's nothing wrong with, with saying, like, you know, hey, like, I like this game, but there are mm-hmm. definitely problems with it. Like, it is definitely not a flawless piece of work, and it could have, you know, been better, but my overall enjoyment, you know, it's still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I mentioned, like, Swapper, Fez, Shovel Knight, because I was just talking about games where I really like these things. They're just not as close to my heart as some games can be. Right. Like, um, like I remember playing Bastion, and then I played Mark of the Ninja, and I remember Mark of the Ninja connecting with me a lot better. Mark of the Ninja. Yeah. Oh, but, but Bastion! <laughs> now you want to talk about games with the climax? Woo! Yeah, I'll, the I, last you know what, like that's... twenty minutes of Bastion. I think you're being a little unfair there. No, 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 no. I think I need to just revisit that one. I think it was more just um, the way the systems of that game kind of work were maybe a little off-putting to me. I think I haven't yeah. played it since 2010, so right. I'll probably go back to that at some point and figure it out. Um, but yeah, that Hyperlight Drifter is a good thing, and I'm glad I played it. Cool. Um, I watched a bunch of movies, or two movies, rather. Uh-huh. And I watched Matrix Reloaded. Oh. Why did you do that? Why did you Y'all do that? told me not to. Yeah, you <laughs> always do you. the things that we tell you not to. I, I did the thing, and it was, that movie's just fucking drack, huh? Yeah! <laughs> it's, it's just kind of the worst. We did not go and watch Matrix Revolutions, even though it ended on, like, this major cliffhanger. Uh, you know, I, I should really uh, rewatch the uh, big brawl with the many Smiths oh, God. in the second Matrix movie because in my head, uh, I still remember it as really, really awesome back then. But now I know that all people say that it's garbage. You were also terrible. twelve. You were also twelve at the time, Gash. That was that was yeah. the only fight scene in the movie that had any kind of like energy or joy to it. Yeah. Everything else is just real, just kind of trudging along. All the stuff on the highway, oh, all I'm the stuff on the like highway. That. Really? Man. I mean, it's just that it's really long. There's, I don't think there's any action scene in the original Matrix that's over like three minutes. Yeah, and that's like thirty, maybe. It's a lot. <laughs> um, it's cool. It's real cool, but. 
then the fact that the story doesn't really resolve or function at it, all. Oh, that's at all. right. So you meet that guy at the end, right? Like the architect. The architect. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, yeah, the internet fucking flipped their shit with that. I remember <laughs> I went to see that movie with my dad, and that architect scene went on so long. He just leaned over, was like, "I'm gonna be in the car," <laughs> and walked out. Yeah. Wow. It went from a, Matrix 1 is a really good anime, and then it went beca- became a really bad yeah, anime. Yeah. Like, see. Did you all see Lucy? You yeah, don't need to see I Lucy. I saw that. Okay. Anne and I burst out laughing when Lucy cut to credits. <laughs> Just, I'm sure it was real. We, we aren't talkative in theaters or annoying, I think, but that movie in particular. <laughs> We just couldn't contain ourselves. Did she turn into a computer or something? I can't remember. She turns remember. into a computer and turns into God. Yeah, it's. Oh, I was wow. like, oh, it's the lane ending. Lane ending. Yeah, it's the lane ending, and then but shit. <laughs> and she's the one who instigates, who like creates humans. Ultimately, yeah. they. What? It's real dumb. It's real great, she's but real God. dumb. She's Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Yeah. So Holly, you are so quick on these. I don't know how you do it. I. <laughs> Razor sharp wit. What can I there say? You go. <clears throat> Lucy had some really good first fifteen minutes, and then just bleh. See, like yeah. I saw the previews for that and thought, oh hey, this might actually be cool. And then like everybody's just like, no, it's poop. From above. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a good movie for like twenty minutes. It legit is, but then it just when it gets to her, just kind of trudging along, killing people, becoming yeah. mad. Once everything's set up, it just kind of just balloon lets out of it. Yeah. Um, it's just here's a person having a power trip. Yeah, and that gets real boring. And it's not even like the good kind of power trip because she like it's like, and then it gets to the end with the foul, awful guy that um just really hurt her at the start of the movie. Um, and she's like, I will not kill you because of this. But then she, he dies anyway, but it doesn't even like lean into like the revenge plot, the revenge movie kind of no, deal. Like, no commitment to its premise at all. Yeah. If it was just like awful thing and then big cathartic revenge movie for the rest of it, that could be something. Mm-hmm. But then it gets tied up in the anime bullshit and then it gets tied up and just kind of. Yeah, it's not just, interesting. They should have just reworked this into an Elfin Lead movie. That's, yeah, what I was thinking. Honestly, yeah. Elfin Lead is probably better than Lucy. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was the Matrix. Um, <laughs> Matrix Reloaded. Matrix is great. I, um, read an awful review online that was so completely wrong in every way that <laughs> it made me want to go out and see a movie. And it was of the Jungle Book. Uh oh. The new Jungle Book movie. Uh oh. Um, and it was just this offensively terrible review that obviously was wrong. So I, that just made me. Is this the Scarlett Johansson thing? Yes. That's what I thought. Um. He went to see a movie because he wanted to jack off to a snake with Scarlett Johansson's voice. Uh, and I really liked Cinderella, the live action remake of the original Cinderella movie that just. Like, the original Cinderella, I don't really like, honestly. No, it's terrible. Yeah, it gets... She just kind of doesn't really have a whole lot of agency in that movie, and the climax is just her being saved by the mice. Yeah. Who are the main characters, basically. Basically, yeah. And then the new Cinderella was like, okay, why don't we make this into, like, a good movie? And I really appreciated that. Plus, it was a 
gorgeous. Like, did any of y'all see Maleficent? Nope. I, I saw did, it, and I don't remember much of it. I There's a lot that's really good about that movie. Just leaning, talk about kind of leaning into the revenge plot stuff, but... Um, and the climax is really nuts, and the beginning is really nuts, and the middle is really boring. The visuals look really striking. In Maleficent or Cinderella? Yeah, Maleficent. Oh, okay, I was going to say, because with Cinderella and the Jungle Book, I think the biggest achievement is that they are a lot of CG, but it never looks like kind of a bunch of vomit. Right, right. I just thought, like, from the previews of Maleficent, I, okay. thought, that it just, I thought that the visuals were really, really nice. There's a lot in Maleficent that's really pretty, especially yeah. when it gets to kind of the climax. Yeah. Um, but when it's just all the cartoon world, mm-hmm. which is a good chunk of it, then it kind of falls apart visually gotcha. for me. Gotcha. gotcha. And I think watching Cinderella and Jungle Book is like, oh, look, we figured out how to make cartoon live-action movies that look awesome. That's um, cool. And that's kind of the achievement. Like Shere Khan in the new Jungle Book movie is Idris Elba. Ooh. Terrifying. He's so scary. Oh, that's so good. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, they lean into it. He's just completely You know who has would have so made a great, You know who would have made a great Shere Khan if he who? were still alive? Jeremy Irons. Oh yeah. He Wait, was, he died? Wait, not Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Alan I was Rickman. Confused. I didn't Okay. Oh, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. That makes more sense. Oh. I don't really my no, bad. Jeremy. I get Jeremy Irons and Alan. <laughs> I get Jeremy Irons and Alan Rickman mixed up because one was in Die Hard One and one was in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, I always get them mixed up. My bad. Jeremy Irons I, is still very much alive. 2016. Please, Alan don't, Rickman. Don't do this to me. Like we just lost Prince. Okay. Can we not yeah, like yeah. lose anybody else? Because losing Prince hurt me a lot. Uh, Alan Rickman would make a great sheer cotton. Shit. Yes, he would have. Yeah. Mowgli. It's <laughs> Leviosa. <laughs> oh, wow. Like yeah. And I rewatched most of the Harry Potter movies, just kind of having them on in the background. And we got to the one that Rhett doesn't like because they saw it on without any context. And it's also kind of the worst one. No. Um, Is it? That's good to know, at least. Yeah. It was, aside from the first two, which were Christopher Columbus kind of being hacky and just making a bunch of scenes from the books and duct taping them together. Um, the one Red saw is the one that's just kind of the most wheel spinning, but it, Alan Rickman isn't really in the last two movies a whole lot. He just didn't have a lot of presence in the story. Right. So that movie is the last like Snape being Snape. And there's a lot of good Snape well, being Snape material. Isn't he and not in the last two? Cause he dies. He dies in the last one, but he's, he's just not in the story. Oh, that's, oh okay. Right. I yeah. did the wrong spoiler. I meant he, he kills somebody. Hey, guys, guys, guys. No. He kills Bickleby. <laughs> I totally. That's how that goes. That yeah. Smarp, Smarp kills Bickleby. That's Sephiroth kills Dumbledore. There you go. Boom. Nailed it. And Trinity dies. I'm a big she's Harry Pooper fan. And then Jay comes out with the claws and fights the clone. And Shinji and... gets in the robot. <laughs> And then Snape kills Vriska, and... Wait a minute. <laughs> All right. Okay, Jungle Book. Um, Jungle Book's really good. It's really good. <laughs> Wait, a really... you didn't talk about the snake. I... Um, uh, Was every... it a sexy snake? 
I'm pounding my fist on the table. Holy shit, yes. Oh my god. Okay. Oh my god. Oh. Okay. Oh. Oh my god, I think we're really getting on. I just had to hear him admit it. Okay, okay, sorry, I was just trying to be kind of restrained there, and then you just pushed it out. But yes, of course, of course it fucking is! You push it out Jesus. and pull it out. <laughs> that was, that was the review, it was like, Scarlett Johansson's least interesting thing is her voice. And y'all saw her, right? That Academy Award winning movie where Scarlett Johansson is the main character playing a computer voice. Right! <laughs> That, like, there's no person you could say their voice is their least interesting attribute that isn't just, like, straight up a voice actor, where that makes less sense. Yeah. Because her was really good. Um, but yeah, and she's a, she's a snake, and there's hypnosis, and it's, it's great. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Oh my (sighs) god, John. You scare me sometimes. I think I told Rhett. I think I told Rhett, there's hypnosis and an on-screen jaw unhinging. Five yeah, stars. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the review I saw on Twitter. Wait, what movie were you talking about where she's just a voice? Her. The movie Her. Oh, I haven't seen that. Okay. It's fantastic. It's it's great. It's this, yeah, I really like it. Um, So that's why, that was me thinking, like, of course, her voicing anything sounds is would be fantastic. Are you sure that was Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, I looked it up. Okay. Oh yeah, it was definitely Scarlett Johansson and her. Okay. Ugh. Got that review. Okay. <laughs> it's not even a sexy steak. <laughs> like that just it's really a se- it was really sexist review because the idea was like, oh, Scarlett Johansson, what are her attributes? She's just beats people Pretty. up and in a skin tight suit, and that's all she's good for. Right. And just this, just ugh. the indignant, like indignant. It's not even a sexy snake. Yeah, wow, that's just so. It's so that's, that's so stupid. Internet, that's so internet fucking nerd thing to say. I know. It's like it's stupid because it, because a, it shouldn't have to be a sexy snake. Right. It's just yeah. He's just doing a role. Do you think it should have been a dude? Is that what it was? It's a children's movie. Why do you fucking care about sexy snakes in a children's movie? Just, it's really dumb. It's like the idea that, oh, Scarlett Johansson said this? That's stupid. Should have been a guy like the original. It's just a really mean review. Yeah. But that totally is a sexy snake. The fact that it is a sexy snake is secondary. All right. Ugh. Gosh, if you didn't know, John's got a few fetishes. He really likes the spider lady in Dark Souls. Yeah, he's a big fan. There we go. Um, oh, I, I like her too. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you guys are on the same page then. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, and that's that was Jurassic. That was Jurassic Park. Jurassic <laughs> Park, yes. Um. I played like an hour and a half of King of Fighters with Austin. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I don't think I want to do a whole lot of that now. I think I'm, I think we have very inextricable differences in how we're approaching that series. Like you, you need him too much, and he's no longer a challenge. <laughs> like he's, he's Dog, very he much. Doesn't, a, he doesn't listen. To he really likes. Tell him that. I know he really likes fighting games, and 
is really into competitive fighting games, and uh, I'm like has a much more. It probably has a much more like annoying attitude when it comes to that. I would imagine much more mechanical. Yeah, no joy. Uh, like, John is just I, like I played story mode. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm playing as like this one team with Leona at the head, and then her two best and her two longtime friends and coworkers, mm-hmm. and he has Kyo and Terry. And Iori, and there's no like role playing potential there. There's no point where those characters work together. And not only that, but he mains Iori, and I turned on. I hosted this time, so I turned on the mode where you can play as band characters. Mm-hmm. So I and appear every now and then about one in five matches. I would turn on Riot of the Blood, Leona, <laughs> which is Leona when she um, gives in to the power of the Orochi blood coursing through her and she turns into a murderous red-haired yeah. person. And there's only one other person in King of Fighters who has the riot of the blood power, and it's Iori. Yep. So I just I just wanted to play as riot of the blood Iori. I just wanted that. Right. And he wouldn't do it. And then, like, <laughs> I beat him with riot of the blood Leona once, and he was mad because I used the banned character. Oh, and it's like, come like, on, I dude. want you to use the banned character, too. Yeah, it's like, come on. I'm giving you, you can have that option. You can give in. I, 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 I tweeted that after I beat him once with Riot of the Blood, right? like, one of the three times I beat him out of, like, 20 matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, give in to the, <laughs> the blood. <laughs> Feel it course through you. And he's like, nah. Nah. So yeah, I, I, I tend to not really enjoy playing fighting games with people like that. Not that I like. Hey, I understand wanting to take it seriously and it. being really mechanical. Uh, but like, I play characters that I like, not because they're necessarily good or anything. It's just like, oh, I like that design, or like mm-hmm. I like their story, I mean, things like Absolutely. that. Same here. Or, or like their the, moves are really cool. Just like the role playing aspect of it. Yeah, it's which. Like, it's not necessarily role-playing in the strictest sense, but there's, like, a role-play aspect of, like, t- putting this team together because, like, that they're from the same game. Mm-hmm. I had this, like, really strong sense, like, going to bed one night after playing some King of Fighters, like, I should write King of Fighters fan fiction. Oh, my As I God. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't done that, but, like, it inspired that in me when nothing else has in forever. So it's probably because there's enough kind of blank spaces to it. I don't know why I said oh I don't know why I said oh my god when John said he wanted to write King of Fighters fan fiction when <laughs> I, I, when I've written PSO smut before. <laughs> How so, come you never shared it? I can do that if you want me to read it on the oh next god. episode. I will. Oh does god! It, does it include the Phonural? Uh It includes Ret Phonural. Wait, Ooh. what? Why did you never send this to me? You never asked. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned it on Twitter 20,000 times. I Twitter said that was not I, 2001. I told you that I totally have written PSO smut in the past and that it involved your character. I, I'm pretty sure I was even aware of this. Yeah. Get with the program, Rhett. Send me an email. I'll send it to you. I don't care. I ain't no shame in my game. Good lord. Mm. Sex is sex. Get over it. <laughs> So I basically, so I, I think I've just had kind of an inextricable difference in how I'm interested in approaching these games, and I right. think that's just 
just let it go. That's if just you, one thing that I, I might speak right if now. If I had them, I would play against you because I play for the Thanks. same reasons you do. I think, but you know, I don't really have any interest in them buying them. Like I would buy, uh, I would make, I would buy KOF thirteen though. Like I like that game a lot. Cool. Does that have okay netcode? I haven't tried I playing it. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. All right. If if King of Fighters ninety eight goes on sale for like three bucks again, mm-hmm. I could shoot that your way, and then we could have a fun time maybe. If you want. Sure. And, cool. How no about question. we do the next best thing and I'll play Dive Kick again? Hey, Dive Kick's pretty good. Dive Kick. Yes! <laughs> that game is so good. I need to do a so, of that sometime and just take on all comers. So I played Hyper Light Drifter for like a day and be- finished it, and I played King of Fighters for an hour. I also spent like two hours playing Adventures of Lightman 2. Hell yeah. And recording a video. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to get good enough where I could beat all the special stages in one go. You almost nailed um, it. And I almost nailed it. So I think I'm, I'm going to go back to it and try to do a, like a proper long play <laughs> no, where it just shows you, off you all the material. <laughs> I laughed at how fast you died on the last bonus stage, oh, and you're just like, well, so fuck good. it. That was so, <laughs> that was so funny, though. <laughs> it was literally in the stage for less than 23 frames. <laughs> yeah, it was just like the asteroid just whoomp. <laughs> the first one. I hadn't gotten to that stage before when I recorded that, so that's what what was up with that. It is oh, action that was so perfect. It's like, well, that's not happening. <laughs> I, and I that like how you brute new. forced the password because I'm like, yes. oh, you totally could now, huh? Yeah. Yep. That was funny. Um. Yeah, I had a lot of fun playing Adventures Mike Red too. I finding the secrets I wasn't aware of. Like I didn't re- I didn't know any of the bonus stages because I didn't. I kind of just thought that the lemons were all just health items, and I didn't yeah. process them as like a collectible thing. Um, that game is definitely weird and subtle in yeah. ways like that. It's the yes. Dark Souls of indie platforms. Oh, you could call it good set. I can't think of any way you could say that that's the Dark Souls of anything. We were talking before you joined the call earlier, and I think yep. Rhett, Rhett had a great idea, that a v- video that you should do. You should definitely play... The Adventures of Mike Man 2 again. Okay. So you need to play the original version. If you have it, I would be interested. I Just will. Yeah. It's unplayable. <laughs> it, it really is. It's a mess. It's, it's not a mess, though, because the control, it's just the controls yeah. and the speed. Uh-huh. But, like, the levels are exactly the same. Yeah. Like, I didn't change anything. So funny. And, like, the comedic oh. timing is totally different because it runs... Yeah. Oh, yeah, because the first right. level takes you, like, two minutes to get across. Yeah. It's so slow. Oh. So, like, in order to get the lemon, you have to drop off and then start rapidly tapping right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of just holding right, it's like... Yeah. It's so dumb. I mean, this was, like, 2002. 2002. Like, flash games weren't yeah. really a thing yet. Not yet. No. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, I don't think flash games really got good until, like, 2009. <laughs> do you remember um yeah that was don't look back and redder was 2010 mm-hmm. yeah There's a lot of shit that in that period um yeah i like the point i made in the video that you've been making flash 4 games for longer than nintendo <laughs> made, game boy games. made games for the game boy <laughs> jeez <laughs> oh my god you forged your own unique identity out of working with obsolete technology yeah and that is very commendable, I think. That's not, I'm not meaning that in any kind of backhanded yeah. way. That is very sincere. I mean, it is ridiculous that Mike Man 2 and Bullet Phase are the same, are the same, are the same yeah. tech. God. 
And I you mean, know what? Those games would feel would be completely different. And who knows how all of the how all hunters and all that would have worked out if you changed to a different tech at some point. Yeah, they yeah. are very uniquely in three games. Hmm. It, it's a little bit of a cheat though, because like obviously I've been able to be- benefit from computers getting way way faster and yeah. and Flash yeah. Flash Four actually just runs way better than it used to. Uh huh. Oh yeah, like, that makes total sense. Because, like, Mike Man 2 being 15 frames a second originally, like, that was about as fast as it would run on a computer yeah. from back then. Yeah. Like, it had to be slow. And then by 2005, I think, finally you've gotten a new computer. It's like, oh, well, I could probably speed this up a bit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, I mean, that makes sense with that makes sense with Nintendo, with, at least with game dev. They'll pro- making games in 1998 for the Game Boy was probably a lot easier than 1989. Although yeah. the Game Boys themselves didn't get faster. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, because just tools on the back end get better. You, like you learn tricks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But so funny thing about Mike Man Two that I wanted to share though. Yeah. That that game doesn't have hit boxes. What? So my so that was my first Flash game, but it wasn't technically the first game I'd ever made. I'd done some huh? very extremely basic things on a TI oh, yeah. calculator. But I wasn't even, like, using the proper graphics mode on that thing. I was just, like, moving letters around the screen. Mm-hmm. So I made was, some of those in, yeah. in school. I get what you mean. Just so it's like, if the X and Y were zero zero, like, it would be in the top left. And then if it, the X was 1, it would move a full width over. Not mm-hmm. one pixel, but, like, the full width of the letter over. Yeah. So for a hit detection, you would just do if the X and Y are exactly equal to each other. Mm-hmm. That's so hit. that's so that's what Mike Man Two did, even though I actually had you know like however many hundred pixels of resolution, objects have to be on the exact same pixel in order to hit each other in that game. Oh wow! So in order to get around that, like everything always moves at like five pixels a step. Wow! <laughs> so that's why when I doubled the frame rate, it was fine because the hit detection didn't break. Oh, that's interesting. That's cool as shit. Yeah, but that's why the hit detection, especially, like, on the final boss... Not the final boss, but, like, the kid that jumps around at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that part sucks because he's really hard to hit because it's not a hitbox. It's literally, you're aiming at one frame pixel. Oh, wow. 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 So then I'd for- kind of forgotten about that, and then I went back to my second game on Flash, Project In 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which still doesn't have hit boxes. It actually has hit lines, where it'll check a range of Y variables, but it's still looking for the exact X position. Oh wow! So when I tried to speed that game up, oh, it like, broke. It broke because I wanted to speed it up times three, mm-hmm. but then when you multiplied the numbers by three, they weren't hitting each other anymore. Yeah, and, and I'm like, this is. And then it's like, this is too much work for this shitty game. Yeah, it's like something like the crab boss, which is very, a large boss that, like, you know, when your shot goes through it, it's doing damage every tick. Now it's not going to have the same number of ticks, and you're going to have to, like, fuck around with hit point variables and stuff. Yeah. Mm. And then when I made Project N3 2, I was like, oh, what if I check a range of X's and Y's? That'll make, like, a box, and that'll be way easier to hit collide with. Hey, wait a minute. I think maybe I'll call it a hitbox. Yeah. <laughs> it's new technology. You invented it. <laughs> Red invented the very concept of the hitbox. Yeah. 
funny. I, I played a little bit of Project N3 before. Yeah. The podcast. It just that was real rough. Yeah. It's rough, but even that first level with the moving up and down through the clouds and the ways the yeah. scenes change is real impressive to me. That's like something I struggle with when I tried making a shmup. I was like, I want to do this, and oh, this is too hard. I give up. Yeah. <laughs> so I I still think that's fucking impressive. Yeah. So like just things in Mike Man are super rough kind of on purpose. Like when you jump, he's always moving f- either like five pixels up or five pixels down. Like it's not a smooth arc. It's just up, down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love that. I actually that really so like how the hit detection. That was so oh. the hit detection would work on platforms because everything was just measured out to be five frames wow. or five pixels. And like I would just like literally make the stage and then count the – not count – I guess it was basically just counting the pixels out to see, like, what the platforms were at and just hard-code them in. Like, there's a platform at 300x and 200y or whatever. So, like, and well, extent- on that range, he is on a platform. Yeah, so he won't fall if he's on that x and that y. So it's like <laughs> not... Really- so the actual boxes that are drawn aren't really, like, objects that you're interacting with. You're actually just interacting with code. I mean, even Hunters was like that, but I uh, was uh, able to automate things a bit more by then. Yeah. The only, like, actual platforms that you see are in bullet phase. Like, that's the only time I did it properly. Wow. Like, bullet phase uses actual tiles. Wow. Hunters uses cheats. (laughs) Even for the scrolling parts. Holy crap. (laughs) I watched you make one screen in Hunters for, like, a half hour. Yep. Oh, my God. So, for Hunters... In Hunters, the scrolling sections, though, I had these things I called code markers that were like these bright purple things that would turn invisible when you played the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, t- I literally tweened the area across the stage and then tweened those to match the actual platforms. Oh, my God. It's it's insane. That's... Wow. So it knows where they are every frame, but like it's not real platform. But, I mean, it feels real. It works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The cheats in that game are insane, though. <laughs> I forgot that Mike Man had a scrolling section. I had forgot you sections. played as the lava boss in stage three bonus. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. I don't think I ever. Whenever I replay that game, I don't think I get all the lemons on that area. Yeah. So I mm. haven't literally haven't seen that in like a decade. I was just like, "Where's Mike? Oh my god!" <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, my event is pretty great. Yeah, good stuff. It's so it's so funny. It's, it's a so weird funny. encapsulation of what all my games would be. <laughs> like exactly. I made a joke how all of my games end with like a palace exploding in space. Yeah. <laughs> God. All right. Oh boy. Okay. Anna watched Mushishi in like a day. I went to Jesus sleep and then I woke up and Christ. she finished it. That was pretty fun. Did she like it? Yeah, she did. I think that's on that's, Netflix now. Yeah, yeah. I I really like Mishishi. I, just, I watched um I read I watched most of it. and I read the whole monk comic. Mm-hmm. It's a good shit. I heard you almost say manga, and then you canceled out and went to comic. Really? I I didn't mean that as like a th- as like a thing. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. She yeah. read the ma- comic. <laughs> no, I read the comic. She read the uh, she watched the show. Um, that was one of the few things where I read the comic first. Comic, 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 comic. Manga. Manga. Say you. 
Um, so I've been reading a comic a lot over the last month, pretty much continuously. How, how long is this fucking thing? Um, word count wise or page? Oh my wise? god! Either. <laughs> All right. Well, it's about eight thousand pages. Um, but you know, a lot of those pages are just like single frame images and a little bit in like one sentence underneath. You know, like little gifs. So. Mm-hmm. Like, there were times where he uploaded, like, 25 pages in a single day. Because, you know, a lot of them are just, like, these little things, you know? Um, a lot of them have chat logs, which have little chunks of dialogue beneath the, um, between the characters. And those can go on for, you know, maybe just a couple lines or, like, a couple thousand words. Um, and some of them are extended Flash movies, which can be from, like two, like, a minute to, like, 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are full games. Those can take upwards like an hour. So eight thousand pages is a lit isn't really a very good litmus test, I guess. There's really no good litmus test except it probably takes about as much time as to get through as like a persona game, maybe. Mm. Um, which you know is perfectly reasonable. So what are we talking about here? For the listeners, I'm talking about um, Homestuck, um, one of several comics under the name MS Paint Adventures. Um, I read Problem Sleuth, which is the first poppy, big, large scale MS Paint adventure, um, and it took a year to make and has about 2,000 pages. Um, it did not have any chat logs or interactive games; it was just the panels and the sentences. Um, and I really liked it. I watched, I read Problem Sleuth because. Toby Fox, who did Undertale, worked a lot on Homestuck um, and doing a lot of the music. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to get into this. And I decided to read Palm Sleuth first because it was a little more accessible, I heard. And it was. Uh, and Palm Sleuth is fucking fantastic. I really like that a lot. It's kind of, it's kind of like the, a big appeal with both Palm Sleuth is Homestuck and Homestuck is sort of the ret, fa- the in three factor. <laughs> Where it can just get really ridiculous in anime mm-hmm. and big lasers and big dramatic effects and everything. Um, reminded me of that I vs. Pi video that Red showed me. That was just like the finale. Um, except also like there's a bunch of in, in universe, like it's both stories are presented as like text adventures, but with static commands to progress to the next page. Um, and there's a lot of game systems in the universes that are deliberately really convoluted mm. and the way they navigate those it like in, like at the beginning of Homestock, you're introduced to the Silidex, which just lets you, because the characters can't pick things up, they can only capture log in their things in their Silidex and all the different Silidexes have like different elaborate data structures for storing and retrieving them. And there's a lot of jokes just where people accidentally pop a, pop an item out of their Silidex and it flies out the window and something like that. Um, so lots of big anime stuff, lots of gamey, um, s- deliberately silly systems. Um, lots of kind of convoluted time travel mechanics and alternate dimension mechanics. That's always uh, good. Yeah, and that in 
they hold together though is the thing. That's like the thing with Problem Sleuth is that it really feels like everything's just being made up on the fly, which it is. But then it also kind of has this discipline to it, where all of those things are like kept in mind and followed up on. So it has this ridiculous feel to it, where it's constantly introducing these new arcane things and characters and alternate versions of characters and everything. But then it like resolves completely and follows up on all that. Right. Um, Problem Sooth is just kind of like a magic trick. Because you pl- you watch it, read it, and it's introducing all these things, and you're like, this is silly. But then it follows up on all of it, and it gets really anime for the last half. Because the entire last half of the comic is fighting the final boss. Right. Uh, who just has a bunch of forms, and it's great. Um, but there's not really a whole lot of like pathos or anything. It's just kind of that magic trick. Mm-hmm. Homestuck is like that, but with like really interesting layered characters um the whole time um and elaborate elaborated on yeah and it just it it has that same presentation that made problems with really appealing but it works it into this genuinely really interesting lovely epic story mm-hmm um, and it's very disciplined, um, where all the nonsense actually is accounted for, or at least it, f- it gives the impression that it is, which is just as really all that, what matters. Right. Uh, and that it has a bunch of characters in this really silly, unique format, and it makes, makes me really care about all these characters, and then, Stuff, lots of stuff happens to them and shit goes wrong and it's that sense of constantly being like, like in Gurren Lagan or a lot of shows where you just always feel like the odds against the characters are completely overwhelming and like there's no way they can win. And even in a show like that where you know they will win, you don't really feel that way because they just keep impressing these astronomical odds facing against them. Mm. Um, and that's doubly felt in Homestuck because the, there's lots of t- the time travel mechanics are really deterministic. So a lot of it is characters talking to their future selves who know what they're going to do and berate them for it. <laughs> and then they do it anyway. Uh, there's, yeah. And then there's a lot of like romance and, kind of soap opera in that context Mm -hmm. so it's that a combination of sort of really classily presented big anime set pieces in the flash movies all all the flash movies have no dialogue and a whole bunch of and just really great music including a bunch of music by toby fox Mm -hmm. um so there are these big mammoth fight scenes or whatnot, but then the fight scenes themselves are usually pretty short. They're just like these labyrinthine big story resolutions that resolve a whole bunch of cool stuff at once. And then they introduce a bunch of new problems and whatnot. Mm. But yeah, it's just this kind of epic thing, but also this really intimate thing. And the presentation is just really, really hilarious throughout. It's a really funny story 
like the thing I tweeted about and told Anna just because I was so impressed. It was so just kind of laughing was one of the characters, um, Dirk, manipulating events and contriving a situation where, A, he saves everybody's asses, um, but also contrives a situation where his crush, Jake, has to kiss his severed head in order to save everybody. Gross. It is, but it's also hilarious because, like, that if the, the kisses bring them back to life according to these mechanics, so he's like, "All right, I'm gonna send my head here after saving these people." And it's just like that kind of absurdity too, right? And uh, mixed with soap opera, mixed with genuine like drama. Uh, it's a really cool thing. I've spent a lot of time reading it. Just yeah, I still got a good chunk more to go. He's he's got another four and a half thousand tweets in him about it. Probably. Um but yeah, you know how people can get really into a long JRPG or a long TV show and it just kind of keeps you engaged. Right. Um this is just like that. And it doesn't devolve into wheel spinning, which really is amazing today. Like it's constantly introducing new conflicts and resolving conflicts and new characters and killing characters. So it's more like plate spinning. Yeah. Where they're constantly adding new plates. Right, right. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then they pay off in the resolutions. So, I'm just really, really impressed by it just throughout. It's a very ambitious thing and I read an interview where it talked about, it's, it's so weird because I can spend like two weeks I spent like two weeks reading it really intensively, and then at the end of that two weeks, I got to a page where it said, end of year one. <laughs> Christ. I, I read... Year one of production? Year one of production. Oh my god. And I read an interview with Hussey, and he's like, yeah, for at least the first three years, I pretty much just like woke up and worked on Homestuck and then went to sleep. <laughs> Just because it was more fun than any other thing he said he could be doing. Um, yeah. Cool. So it's just... Uh, it's a really good thing, and I'm really excited. And it's over now, so I'm really excited to reach the end. And you then did, not have to... Yeah? You did the thing that I always recommended, just watching something right as it ends. Yeah. Cause but then, are, this accidentally is taking like a month to read. <laughs> Yeah, I should have started. Clearly, I should have started last March, in the beginning of March. Yeah. And then it would have wrapped up perfectly. Um, I was like, can I wrap this up before April 13th? <laughs> nope. Yeah, I had no idea it was ending, because I don't follow that. Mm-hmm. But what, I, what's y'all's impression of this thing? It, it seems like it ha- it's had a really big <laughs> internet, impress- internet presence that I've just kind of I ignored. Know, I know jack shit about it. I know people hate the fan base for some reason, but I don't know a goddamn People thing. hate every fan base, though. Yeah, it's because like, every I fan see base... This fan base <laughs> I see this fan base maligned almost on a regular fucking basis, um, uh-huh. but I don't know shit about it other than what you told me, and even then I've kind of just blocked half of it out. <laughs> I remember I, seeing... Um, I, I remember, always... Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Me first. <laughs> um, I always had um, the impression that Homestuck is something that got really big, really quick, 
and I saw it popping out here and mm -hmm. there. Uh, and I got to the point where I should really get into this. Um, <laughs> there has to be a reason why this is just so blowing up so much. Mm -hmm. uh, but I never really got around to it. Um, but I always found something uh, <laughs> very interesting, and that were, were these these great trolls. Oh, God. Um, the, the design is great. Um, I saw those popping up uh, from Fresno. Uh, I saw that he always had these avatars of them. Yeah. Um, what What is the deal with those trolls? They seem well, to be a huge part of it. Well, um, there's six, there's seven acts, and the first four acts comprise about 20% of the whole comic. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and then at the beginning of Act 5, basically, a whole bunch of shit went, goes down at the end of Act 4, and then at Act 5, they just kind of completely pull back and go into these completely new characters going through a similar situation. Um, uh -huh. So it's first these four kids, and now it's these 12 trolls. And then over the course of Act 5, it introduces all of them, and then then they mix with the adventures of the kids from the first four acts until it just hits this huge um, event called Cascade, which crashed Newgrounds. Because <laughs> he couldn't host it on his machine anymore because he knew it was going to be too big. It was a 13-minute finale to Act 5, um, which was like the second, which was more than the size of Act 1 through 4. And so he hosted on Newgrounds, and then it crashed Newgrounds. <laughs> huh. uh, I don't remember that. Yeah, that was a thing that happened in, like, 2011. Um, that was still, like, two years into the comic, maybe? Hmm. So that that was, like, it was already a huge thing then. Um, and then, huh. like, as Act 6 progressed, the rate of production slowed down, and he started taking, um, like, multi-month breaks to do, like, the next batch of... 700 pages or something so he could do them all at once and kind of have be able to go back and change things and instead of just basically making 10 pages in a day posting them as soon as they're done and then going to sleep and waking up making 10 more pages putting them up um, so so those trolls kind of uh, hijacked the main character positions for a while yes yes and then you they know? just are the joint main characters for the rest of the comic until Act six, when it pulls completely away from all of those characters and introduces four new characters, um, and then kind of makes you really like and fall in love with them too. And then they start intersecting with the adventures of the old characters. And you know, that's where I, I'm at now. <laughs> I probably um, stumbled upon Homestuck stuff before those trolls, but didn't really notice it. <laughs> Didn't really think about it much, but when I saw those designs of those trolls, <laughs> I that really stuck with me in my head because those just look so weird. Yeah, it's a striking design. Uh -huh. Yeah. So maybe Homestuck was really big already, but that was only um, really the point where I thought to myself, "Yeah, what is this actually? I, I've got to kind of know what this is a little." Mm -hmm. I think Act 5 was when it really started taking off with the trolls. Some people said, I remember some people saying, you should just skip to Act 5, but that's a terrible idea. Okay. Because um, then you don't understand anything that's happening, because it also relies on you kind of knowing what the mechanics are, I guess. Um, so, 
yeah, the, the Act 5 was when it really took off, and that was also when Hussey was moving really fast in making the comic. Just huge rate of production. So it became a really big thing around that time. Um, the genre of Homestuck, it's kind of like one of those um, MMO um, simulations. Is is that right? That's like in in the context of the world. The basic thrust of it is these kids going into a game um, yeah. to save the world, but then finding out that they can't save the world, so they're actually creating a new world. And it's kind of a creation myth, but also... Okay. Okay. Um, yes, that involves them going into a game, but it's very distant from probably .hack or Sword Art Online or anything like that, yeah. since it's very... It's more like the game itself is more like a sim game, like SimCity or something. But that's also not a huge chunk of it after a certain point. So, oh my god, it's a weird thing. It is. Um, the act I'm in now, in Act Six, Intermission Three, has three hour-long games where you walk around in like an Earthboundy world and talk to people and have like really long conversations. Andy, I'm on the last one now. Damn. Yeah. And then there's just Act 6, Act 4, Act 6, Act 5, and then Act 6, Act 6, which is divided itself into six acts, and then Act 7. Christ. Act 6, Act 6 took three... <laughs> Act 6, Act 6 took three years to put together. What? <laughs> And then Act 7 is, like, one nine-minute Act thing. 7 is one page, yeah. I googled Cascade Newgrounds, and the suggestion was Cascade Newgrounds Crash. <laughs> Cascade's probably the best thing. It's 13 minutes, and it just brings a ton of shit to resolution from the first four acts, and has a killer twist. Um, ugh. Yeah, and it has some of the best music. It It's... A lot of the, apparently um, a good chunk of the music is also pretty Toho inspired, um, because Toby Fox is really Toho inspired of the music. So yeah, it fits. I heard it, that. Yeah, it fits very naturally into other interests of mine like Toho and Undertale, Earthbound. <laughs> it just is an extension of things that I love otherwise, but as this weird internet epic thing. Right. YouTube is constantly uh, suggesting. Um, videos to me which are like um, Sans uh, Yukari mashup. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, and then there's also Sans Briska mashups because they, even Megalovania is, plays a huge part in one part of Homestuck. Have you, have you gotten to when it plays? Oh, yeah, ages ago. <laughs> um, it's, really, it's a really good scene. A, a character I like, really like, dies. Um, do they really die, or do they just log out? No, it's no. They go into the world because the world itself. When the you log into the game, you have to log into the game because you're about to get hit by the universe. The world is being pelted by meteorites, so you log into the game, and it teleports your house into this other reality. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why. So yeah, when you die, you really die. You die except, in the game, you die in real life. You die in when you die, except then you can come back as a ghost, unless the ghosts die, 
Um, and then you're just gone forever. If your ghost gets killed, you're gone forever. And there's also timelines where that splinter off that are just doomed, so they those die, or they can travel back. And um, anyway, I really like this comic. Um, I'm gonna really enjoy just the process of wrapping it up. I think. Are you on Act Six Six? No, I'm on Act Six Intermission. Oh boy. Which Act Six Intermission Three, which comes after Act Six Act Three. Act Six Intermission Three Act Four, Page Four <laughs> Seventy Two, uh, Intermission Six. Yeah, Act Six Intermission Three is the <laughs> one with the three hour-long video games, um, and after that is Act Four, which is one page. I'm looking at. You can see the stats. <laughs> There's a page called readmspa.org/stats. Um, that say a bunch of the fun stats. Mm. All right. Um, yeah, it's a really good thing, and I'll probably rave about it a little more when I th- when I finished it by next year. Right. Next <laughs> next year. <laughs> next podcast. That's more honest. That's probably not. A, that's probably not a slip of the tongue. That's just him being honest. Oh my God. I mean, with the way John tends to marathon things, when it's like, oh, I started watching this twenty six episode anime, and then the next morning, oh, I finished that anime. Yeah, I'm basically. Homesick seems incredibly long. I'm basically going at that pace. I'm at around page like seven. All right, um, I'm around page seven five thousand five thousand three hundred or so out of eight thousand. Christ. So, but yeah, page count is kind of an imperfect mechanism there. Right. Uh, Yeah. So that's and. Yeah, that's Homestuck. It's a really good thing. I used to think I versus Pi was super long. <laughs> and then I looked at like the l- running length of the episodes on YouTube. Yeah. And like the first 150 add up to like three and a half hours. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not a short, but that's not fucking Homestuck apparently. Right. I'm going to give those a watch at some point. Oh, as a whole, the Flash movies add up to four hours, five minutes. But that doesn't count. I'm looking at the stat site, but that doesn't add up to... That doesn't include the games, which can be... Yeah, the games I think I've, the craziest part. Yeah, I've only played about... There's only been about six games total. <laughs> only six games? Yeah. <laughs> that are all, like, longer... Right, and, like, right. we know the devil, basically. Um, It's a good... There's one whole extensive missed parody, actually. It's called The Witness? Called Miss Stuck. Uh, that has a good chunk of dialogue, and that actually has some puzzles. Most of most of the game stuff is just walking around and talking to people, but uh, okay. it's a really good thing. So when when is Telltale presents Tales from the Homestuck? <laughs> well, oh oh, you well if you're making a, I don't know if you're making a joke or if you're referencing the Kickstarter video game. Oh, that's Uh-oh. a whole other barrel of monkeys that's way too oh, really? for this podcast right now. I agree. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. it's a big drama mess and it's not worth going into right now. Is it not a, is it not official? It's official. No, it that's the problem. Yeah. It's official and it looks like a studio kind of fell out from under them who was working on it and they had uh-huh. to basically start over from scratch. Um but yeah, that's a big it's it's a really big comic and <laughs> it's Cool that it ended, and cool that... It's cool that it ended. ended. <laughs> About fucking time. It's not even that long, like, year-wise. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Like, seven you don't years, get to like, say that. 
seven years is a perfectly reasonable amount of time for co- for like a web series to go on. I think. Anyway, is that all you've done, John? That is all I've done. Oh, well, and right. yeah, nothing else. You did nothing else. Basically, I say, yeah. I say you did nothing else. That's yep. my. Look, we talked about Mike Man. We're good here. Yeah, we're. Yep. We nailed all the essentials. Butt steam. Who wants some butt steam? Butt steam <laughs> is the 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 fantastic little. Uh, segment where I read a comment or a post from the internet, usually from the Steam forums, but a lot of the times just from random video game sites in general, and uh, we just kind of let the pieces fall where they may. Uh, you can say if you've got a suggestion or a post that you would like me to read on Butt Steam, you can send that to Polly at SoxMakePeopleSexy.net, and maybe it'll show up. Anyway, uh, the person who sent this one in is anonymous. They didn't want me to say their name for some reason, so whatever. But this was a submission. Yes, this was a submission. Cool. Um, this comes from, I believe, the... I want to say it's the Polygon... Uh, it's a Polygon review of something. Uh, and this one takes a while to get good. I think the real zinger is right at the end, though, where it's just like, fucking of course you said that, you dick. Uh, <clears throat> so, this guy's name is Professor Faust, and he says, <clears throat> Dark Souls is a metaphor for life as a whole. Dark Souls is Nietzsche's eternal recurrence brought to life. The difference is that in life, you don't get to respond. Some wish that life would get easier. It doesn't. With each obstacle you overcome, a new and greater obstacle awaits. Now imagine repeating your life infinitely. Does does that fact exhilarate you or frighten you? Are you a bird of prey or are you a helpless sheep? Are you a hardcore gamer, or are you a filthy casual? To whine obnoxiously in print about the difficulty of Dark Souls might reflect to some degree on the reviewer's true nature. After all, one is what one does, and a video game reviewers make <laughs> and video game reviewers make a life from playing video games. I think I think I tweeted I tweeted a link to this saying this was the worst Dark Souls hot take <laughs> of all time. I I saw that like this arrived in yeah. my inbox. I was just like, oh my god. Yeah. Somehow before you started, I knew this is going to be about Dark Souls in some way. It's uh, it's wow. Just like, how people can just be so far up their own fucking ass. Yep. Yep. Oh God, that is so bad. Yeah, I like I like to think that when I was complaining earlier about kind of how people how the conversation about the difficulty goes from the other side of that, I was being that this shit is obviously just completely dreck and awful. Yeah, and dreadful and distant from that. Ugh. Right. So yeah, that is just life. the fucking worst life. In life, you don't get to pick up your souls. <laughs> oh my god. God, that fucking, that fucking line. Are you, are you a hardcore gamer? Or filthy <laughs> you a casual? casual. Like, get the fuck out of here. Objectivists get... trying to co-op Dark, dark Souls. <laughs> I want a, vo- a motivational speaker that's Dark Souls seems where he tells people to get good. Oh god! But like he's at like a retirement home or something. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, uh, I believe we've got just like what one big bit of news that kind of came mm-hmm. through this week. Oh yeah, and we can uh, talk- so 
Yeah. Website giantbomb.com got the hot scoops. They're a website about video games. Yeah, they're a website about video games and wrestling. <laughs> but, uh... Apparently the PlayStation 4K is totally real, and they have, like, actual specs and codename Neo yeah. about it, and... Morpheus like, and Neo, get the fuck I know, fucking... Did you see that, you know the CEO Kaz Harai parody account? Yeah. He had the best fucking tweet on this, he goes, The PlayStation 4 is a rushed-out sequel that nobody wants, which is why we named it after a character from The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but what's really crazy about this thing is not only is it confirmed, it's just there are guidelines that developers have to follow. Yeah. And all of the guidelines are basically, oh, and by the way, this thing always, every, there has to be parity between both the 4K version yeah. of your game. And so it's like, this brings me back to the problem that Fantasy Star Universe had among all of them is that its lead development platform was the PlayStation 2. And all mm. of the other versions suffered because of that. So you're developing for the lowest common denominator. You can only do so much. So basically, you're getting, you know, Fantasy Star Universe mm-hmm. in console form. But I think in that regard, like, the PlayStation 2 not having a required hard drive was a huge difference compared to, like, the CPU being a little bit slower on the PS4 regular. But you're like, still, I don't, you're I don't think developing. that's going to make... It might not make the biggest of differences, but you're still developing for the lowest common denominator because there has to be yeah. parity. Mm-hmm. I think so in this it's just case, a, though, you just should like be developing. Release thing. I think they should be developing for the lowest common denominator now because they've sold like 10 million or whatever PS4s. Like, you do not want to piss those people off. Yeah. Which they're kind of already doing. Yeah. It's sort of like the th- new 3DS, how the, the worst thing that they could have done was just make the new 3DS. Yep. So really them not actually releasing any new 3DS games is sort of like from there kind of the best case scenario. Yeah. If they had a bunch of new 3DS exclusive games, that would suck. Yep. And there are some. There's Isaac is only on new 3DS and Xenoblade. I mean, those aren't really exclusives because they're on other stuff, but Uh for 3DS in general. But then you have stuff like Hyrule Warriors on the regular 3DS. Apparently runs like ass. Mm. I am glad I did not buy that. Apparently it's like 15, yeah. 12 frames a second. Oh, yeah. no. I've it heard is. the new 3DS one is bad, and like the regular 3DS is just it's unplayable. Just a mess. Uh. So it's like when you get games on PS4 that where the regular version is not as good as you think it should be, like when developers start start going for two specs at the same time, yeah. like it's going to get worse, and, and that's like, going to the word suck. Is, the word is devs are fucking pissed. Yeah, they are not happy at all. Yeah, Ugh. the whole advantage of consoles this it's whole time was single spec optimized for that. Yep, and it's like last generation you saw de- dev- bleh, developers not really optimized for the PS4 as much as they could. And now Xbox One is kind of suffering the same thing, but it's like, you're going to have PS4, PS4K, Xbox One, maybe there's another Xbox coming. It's so dumb. It's like you're totally, like, like you're adding so much development time and so much more resources have to be thrown at bullshit like this. It's like, get, come on, get fucking real. Because on PC, at least people can kind of tweak the settings as best they can. (sighs) But consoles typically don't let you, like, disable anti-aliasing or change the resolution. Right. 
It's so fucking dumb. Like, this is... Wow. Yeah. Like, what is this going to be a year from now? It's just a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. And the only other yep. big news... Um, oh, can I mention one more thing about that, though? Sure. The craziest thing in that announcement, though, was that they're saying PS4K games can't have exclusive features. Yeah. Which apparently includes a VR mode. Oh which my. is like, I thought the entire point of this thing kind of was to have something with a little more beef behind it so that you could run virtual out, virtual reality games yep. at a better frame rate. And that seems to not be the point of it. So I really don't know it's, what they're aiming for here. It's just a mess now. Arrogance, Sony is back. Arrogance and ignorance go hand in hand. So uh, there's only one other major big uh, bit of news this week, and that is new Death Grips album is coming out May 6th. Everybody uh, gets Yeah, look at that. I Rhett, th- he can't wait. I thought they broke up like uh, twice. Just once. Oh. Apparently they did it, took it out of a tour. I was about to get for my birthday. Oh, is that your birthday? That is my birthday. Well, you know what? It's like, you know what? It's, it's Death Grips Day and Gesh's birthday. What but what more can I ask for? Like I get to celebrate the the most holy of days. W- w- my the, the the birth of my best pal Gesh 86. And, <laughs> he's and, actually guesting on the next Death Grips and, album. And he's as going well. to be he's going to be on the next Death Grips album, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm bottom. totally in there. You're yep. Boom. Hey, you heard it here first, folks. This is where you come for all the hot scoops. Right here. <laughs> Right here. Bottomless Pit, May 6th. It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to make Rhett listen to it. So oh, boy. So that he can talk about it with me. It'll be great. Wait, there is one more piece of news. No, there's not. Okay. What is it? What is it? Ken Levine was doing an interactive adaptation of The Twilight Zone. Uh, okay, there's no more news. <laughs> there's no more news. There is no That's more news. news. That's not news. No more news. <laughs> no more news. Rhett, do we have any questions before we get the fuck out of here? I know you want to get out of here, but we have a lot of good questions. Okay, well, let's go. <laughs> Boner says, for Gesh, are there many fan translations of Dojin games for other European languages, or is English the de facto? Um, there, something has cropped up recently. Um, I think it's called the Toho Patching Center or so. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Which is a program um, where just users can give their input and, for example, for the official Toho games, um, and they can give them the translations and they can uh, put it onto this patch server. So I think there are, for example, German patches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can connect to that patch server and have them overwrite uh, the data of, of my games, and then they would be in German. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. They're like crowdfunding or not crowd, crowdsourcing. Crowdsourcing uh, translation. That's a really cool initiative to 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 get started because you know, like the 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 Dojin community tends to be kind of fractured and off in its own little place uh, most of the time. Yes, but when you start um, bringing them together like this under you know a, a uniting umbrella, that can make things a lot easier for people to get a hold of translations. Um, it is. It is good in a way, but it does have some flaws. Uh-oh. Um, for example, when I wanted to uh, 
patch one of my games, um, the server was down. So I couldn't <laughs> patch it with that. And a lot of people don't like that uh, this Toho patching center is taking over uh, the patching efforts of everyone, really. Oh, really? Um, yeah, that uh, there are no more static patches really being made uh, because of it. Um, there are pros and cons. I'm generally um, positive towards it, yeah. uh, even though I did have that one day where uh, the patching didn't work for me, and it was the first time I, I ever patched something with that, and I was just dumbfounded because it didn't work. I didn't know why. Tried it the next day, the servers were back, and it was easy. <laughs> growing pains, growing pains. Yeah. That's okay, Fres Fresno writes in, who is the best Toho, and why is it Sakuya? Hmm. <laughs> Time. Time. time travel knives and made out of it? <laughs> yeah. I bet Guess well, has got an opinion on this. Well, <laughs> Sakuya was for a very long time my favorite Toho. <laughs> Until he met Satuya. Satuya. <laughs> <laughs> and then a very magical little girl spun into his life. <laughs> exactly. He, he, he's in love with Hina. Yes. He married a picture of her. <laughs> I do okay. not have a pillowcase of her. <laughs> no, it's, just a, I it's, a, it's a framed picture you married. <laughs> not a body pillow. Would never sully, sully the dignity putting somebody on a body pillow. <laughs> Who's the best? Toho, come on, guys. Really, get with the program. It's clearly Wriggle Nightbug. Ah, uh, good point. Okay, but what if instead of a girl with knives and time travel and a maid outfit, you had a girl with swords who's super fast and a gardening outfit? <laughs> Which character is and, this? Like I said, I and, like and Yomo she, a lot more now. <laughs> and she's half ghost. And yep. she's Yomo. She's a ghost. <laughs> she's a half ghost and she's Yomo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very good quality to have, I suppose. You're very one Yomu. Yomu. You're very Yomu. <laughs> I tend to like all of the characters that are either dead or dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so, so, so the zombie yes, girl. Miyako. I love Miyako. She's awesome. She's great. I was trying to remember who the first boss in um, Subterranean Animism was. Y Yamame. <laughs> Yes. Just that design is really cute, like the with like the bold. The, the, it's really cute. The spider girl, just say it. Just say it, John. Yeah. That uh, spider boss in Dark Souls is actually just your mommy. There you go. <laughs> that's not a that's not a nice thing to say about his mom. <laughs> that was a terrible joke. Don't laugh at that. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> Uh, I like Nazarin. She's cute. Yeah, she's adorable. Uh, I like Patchouli. Patchouli is great. Patchouli's great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, since we're still naming, I'll say Aya. I really oh, like. Oh cool. yeah, yeah. You gotta like Aya. Hmm. I'm. A, I fall more on the Hatate side of things. Well, I didn't want to start a whole list here, but yes, also. 
Oh god, this is spiraling out of control. Yeah. I, okay, next question. Hot, hot. We're gonna do a Toho episode in the future in which yeah. Yash will be hosting. Sorry, yeah. I was trying to remember her you name. Gotta keep some ammunition. You gotta keep some ammunition. <laughs> we'll save our top ten waifus for that episode. <laughs> next question. Gunblade Proxy writes in, who is your favorite boss in any Souls game? Oh shit. Um, I have a very weird answer for this because I was thinking about it for the podcast. Uh huh. I really liked. There's a Chalice Dungeon boss in Bloodborne, Watchdog of the Old Lords, mm-hmm. who like when you first fight them, they just seem like a pushover because they're in their first dungeon. And then at the very end of the game, when you're doing the dungeon that has half you, your health gets cut in half. Mm-hmm. You this boss shows up again. And like can one shot you? Oh god! So so you have to fucking learn this boss fight perfectly, and that was really great for me. Like, because cool. it's just it's like gi- a giant dog made out of lava. It's a really funny fight, and like the lava like hardens around his face, but if you hit him enough times in the face, it'll start breaking off, and you can do a lot of damage. And then kind of re- I think I watched Brad Shoemaker try to fight this boss for yeah, like yes, two and a half he- hours, and he couldn't do it. It's one of the hardest in the games, definitely. I have just I, I did got, not I, like him so much. You did? Because he beat your ass. Um, no, I beat him relatively quickly in the Cursed and Defiled. Oh wow! Um, I don't know. It was a very untypical boss for Bloodborne. I think you kind of just uh, fought him on this medium distance and kind of provoked him to attack. And that was kind of the only thing that worked. And for most other bosses, you like quick dodge through their attacks, and that's just a lot more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're both still better than Dark Souls 2, where it's hold up your shield, circle strafe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Counter. That's the I feel like thing. I feel like you kind of almost need to divide this into like a different into like a number of different things. Like, which one did I have the most fun learning? No, yes. I, think just, I think we just go with one because we're about yeah. like five hours into a fucking podcast. <laughs> yes. Okay, can I say mine? Go for sure. it. Sure. Um, it's hard to tell. It's I almost wanted to say uh, Queen Yarnum, but I still like uh, Lady Maria of the Astral Clock oh. Tower better. Yeah. She's so cool. These are both Bloodborne bosses. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Lady Maria is a really great fight. Mm. I'm, I've got to go with Ornstein and Smo. Like, that fight is just incredible. Yeah, it's I, ridiculous. I did that fight at fucking level one, bitches. Oh, oh so you've also learned that fight without know, getting hit. I know that fight in and out. I know the tells. Like, it just became instinct at that point. That's cool. Ornstein and Smog or Calamite. Oh, God, Calamite's so good. Yeah. Calamite's real good. Artorius. Yeah, I was going to say Artorius. Artorius. I mean, yeah, I just, didn't, I just didn't want to do a list, but Artorius is, oh. Oh, God, we're getting into listomania. Favorite mm-hmm. wifeys, favorite bosses. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? I'll favorite totals. Favorite everything, man. I'll throw out one more shout-out for the last boss of Bloodborne in the regular game. Cool. Yeah. Oh fuck the Demon Souls final boss. Or both of them oh. basically. <laughs> oh. One can suck out your souls and one your soul level yes. and the other is I love so that. perfect. Yeah. 
the level down moment is such a heartbreaker when you're just like, <laughs> I know. What? Oh, oh, yeah. False King Alant is sort of like if Hornstein and Smog was at the end of the game <laughs> instead yeah. of like the middle. Yeah, it's real good. Okay, moving on because. I mean, yeah. Poncho, Poncho Smith says, if the Tohos and Nepneps all got into a fight in a dark alley, which side would win? The Tohos. The Tohos. I, lo- I love the Nepneps, but the Tohos yeah. by a fucking the mile. The Tohos, like, by a fucking mile. There's just so yep. much ridiculous nonsense. There's probably somebody that just controls whether anybody's heart beats or not. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's multiple characters. Like, Romelia can control your fate. Yuyuko can just straight up kill people. Yukari <laughs> can destroy the boundary between life and death. <laughs> like, they are on, all fucking gods, yeah. basically. On a like, Toho they, forum I go to, um, power levels discussions, uh, those threads get immediately locked yeah. because they're just yeah. stupid. Just, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't everyone in the Toho universe um, opt to fight, like, choose to fight with... Yeah. Because otherwise, everyone would just kill each other really quickly. Yes, yeah. Danmaku is just a non-lethal game. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, everyone in Toho is just messing around. And that yeah, exactly. folks are like, Oh my god, and this boss fight's really hard, let's use all my god power. Yeah, so throwing fucking suns at you is literally a tenth of her power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. T- Neptunia, Neptunia folks are just gonna... Yeah, I love Neptunia, but... Putting ain't got nothing on yeah. like literal gods who are throwing suns at you. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not even sure they could deal with someone like Yomu or Sakura. Yeah, like, what would you who have time do? stop yeah. powers? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Rainiac writes in. Why do the English always lose to Germans on penalties? <laughs> is this a soccer question? Is really bad for me because okay, I am probably the number one person in Germany that is the least interested in soccer. (laughs) (laughs) And then Rainiac says, real question, what's your favorite RPG of all time? Ooh, that's hard. Chrono Trigger, Chrono Trigger, Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger or Undertale. (laughs) I'm thinking Undertale's up there pretty hot now. But I, I actually say, have to say Labyrinth of Toho 2 for me. Wow. Cute. Panzer Dragoon Saga. Awesome. Labyrinth of Toho 2, really? Like, the favorite RPG of all time, huh? Mm. That game's real good. Maybe some tie with it, but I can't think of them right now. Mm-hmm. That post-game's poopy, though. Yes. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. I tried, yeah. the, I tried the cookie fight. It's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> that one can be annoying. That's so dumb. It's, I was like, no, you know what? We're done here. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I think about making like a top ten games thing, like Rhett always does. I, yeah. The top four is always the top four lately has always just been mixture of Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy IV, Mother Three, and Undertale. So those are all four RPGs. Go play those. <laughs> okay. One more thing. It- yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. I, cool. We have we have one email. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, this comes into Dear Podcast at Socks Make People Sexy Not Net. Dear Amazingly Awesome and Wonderful Socks Cast Crew. Hello. I'm a huge fan of your show. I've listened to every episode and think you guys are simply amazing. Aww. My question my question is, how Aww. come Red is still allowed to have a PS4? 
He's wasting it playing PSO2. I think it would be a better idea if he just gave his PS4 to Polly so she can play Bloodborne. Doesn't everybody else in the Soxcast crew agree with me? Love, wow, I Paul. totally Lo- agree. Love Polly. What? <laughs> I never sent any emails, dude. I don't even know the email address. You got a question? Send them off to a podcast at SoxMakePeopleSexy.net or send a Twitter over to at SMPS underscore updates. I want to thank Gesh86 for taking the time to spend this wonderful afternoon with us. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you aboard. Thank you. It was great for me as well. Uh, if our great listeners want to want to find you doing your internet thing, where where, where can they look? Um, I really don't have much internet presence uh, besides my YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm kind of a, I kind of stay away even from Twitter or such. I don't blame you. Twitter is fucking stupid. Yeah. If you I search like uh, Gesh86 on YouTube, then I have to come up. <laughs> cool. cool. No or easier way for, than like, that. Any Toho game. Yeah. Any Toho Dojin game and he'll have an LP of it. Yeah. I have a question. You, you actually you actually buy these Dojin games, correct? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. So like you're not just like a download and like dumper kind of person. You actually buy these things and I think that's really impressive and I'm glad that you actually oh, that is really nice. Like not only like yeah. support like awareness of the series and, and and you know, spreading the word, but also like giving people, you know, their due when it comes to like the work that they put into these games. Because even though like a lot of people which, you know, look down their nose and say, oh, it's just a Dojin game, it's a derivative work. There's still a lot of work that goes into something like Labyrinth of Toho 2 that it's just like, like, wow, it's incredible. You know, mm-hmm. so, like, that's yeah. really cool. So, hit him up on YouTube, it's Gesh86, his LPs are fantastic, uh, he's super informative, always fun to listen to and watch, uh, and he's pretty good at, at his game, and too, he knows a thing or two about, about pressing buttons on a controller. <laughs> I use a keyboard for a PC. What? Yes. You're the second Doesn't person. Doesn't impede me at all. You're the second person that I've like watched LPs of and thought, oh, they're clearly playing on a controller. But Samurai Karasu is like, no, nope, I play everything on a, on a keyboard. Like, <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I had an ex that played everything on a keyboard too, and she was like, just like a savant. And I was like, what are you? <laughs> like, I watched her literally go through like eighty percent of Double Spoiler in one night, just like. Off the cuff, she was you just like, kind of need uh, a keyboard with really soft keys. If you have like these huge bricks, yeah, uh, then just no, not gonna happen. Not gonna yeah, happen. John Fire, where can we find you? Faraway Times dot com. Rich, where can we find you? Uh, in the shower and then going to the grocery store because it's not one p.m. anymore. Yay! <laughs> And remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you. Gash, gash. Piss. Piss bald, piss bald. Piss bald. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs>